out there in Marvelland. Face front. This is Stan Lee speaking. Hey, who made you a disc jockey, Lee? Well, well, Jolly Jack Kirby. By the way, Jack, the readers have been complaining about Sue's hairdo again. What am I supposed to do? Be a hairdresser? Next time I'll draw her bald-headed. Hello and welcome to the Bullpen Bulletins podcast, a celebration of all things Marvel. I'm Vince B., and that dapper young man over there in the corner behind the ruby quartz visor is none other than... David Price. Yeah, my partner in crime, as they say on Around Comics. And for the second part of our Marvel Previews episode, we are joined by two guests. The first is Mr. Wednesday's Hall himself, Scott Cedarland. I'm just trying to be the next David Price. <laughs> you got to get yeah. up pretty early in the morning to do that. I'm up at 6 o'clock earlier than that. Oh, so you have a chance then. Yeah, you do, because I don't get up for about another hour later. And in addition to Scott, we have a recurring character in the Bullpen Bulletins universe. It's Mr. Jefferson Workman. Tonight I'm wearing a gorilla's outfit. A crotchless gorilla outfit. Nice. It's awesome. And once again, for those of you taking score at home, we are using the Marvel Previews Catalog, issue number 40 for books shipping in February 2007. And when we left off last episode, we made it to page 46, featuring uh, Houston and Finch's Moon Knight, issue 8 in particular. Yes, issue 8, the second part of Midnight Sun, the second arc of this Red Hot series, according to the solicit. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, you know... I liked last month's cover because it was it was the pencil dart work, and you saw you saw the Punisher there. I'm still not really thrilled with 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 the colored version of, of Finch's Moon Knight. I don't know what's first. I don't know what's going on with that left arm, and 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 Cap's shield looks a little small compared to some of the other artists that have been drawing his shield, or at least small compared to Cap. I mean, Cap looks huge up there, but. Um, there's a lot of shadowing going on. And, and like you said last month, Vince, I don't know... You know, on this cover, it might be kind of hard to tell where Finch ends and Danny Mickey begins. Yeah. There's a lot of blacks in here. I honestly don't mind this cover. I think it's it's pretty well done. I, I, I like the composition. I think it's real strong with the... Uh, the I like cl- the clock in the back. Yeah, yeah which which uh, the repetition of the shield in the, in the, the mid-ground is pretty cool, and the gears. I, I like it, but... I don't read the book. I'm still waiting for the hardcover of the first six issues, is it? Yes. So, you know, there, there, there's a spotlight in the, in the future, definitely. I might I, be calling out that day. <laughs> phone it in. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. But n- no matter how bad you think this cover may be, it, <laughs> it, it's, it's nothing compared to what we saw today released by Marvel. And um, Scott is something of a, a psychic because he made a prediction... And what was that prediction, Scott? I predict that the future cover of uh, Ultimate Fantastic Four is going to suck. Yes, and he was right. I, I couldn't believe it. He, I, I saw the image and I said, doggone it, Scott is correct. It is atrocious. Salvador LaRocca should be ashamed. And worse than that, I, it, the editor should never have let that cover go through. It's just, Sue has a booby-doo belly. 
And do you know what a booby doo <laughs> belly is? That's when her belly comes out farther than her booby doo. And it, it's someone it, needs an ab roller. It, 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 it's it's like it's like Britney month three in the pregnancy. <laughs> you know, you're not too far from the mark. I I really appreciate Salvador La Roca's art. I think he's very very talented, very good at what he does. But I am I don't know. Maybe he had some some issues he had to work through on this one. I, I I just don't know. It's it's not good. There, there's no way you can look at this cover and say, hey, you know I, that's not bad because it's not, it's horrible. S- Sue looks like she just walked out of a uh, uh, a dark alleyway, you know, picking up her little brown bag, and, <laughs> and I don't know who it was on the forum that said Reed looks like Frankenstein with glasses. And then someone else said it looks like a high school and uh, looks like a high school science and gym teacher. <laughs> I, and you know, I, now that I'm looking at this, doesn't this uh, look like a, a cover to Extreme X-Men? Didn't he use that pose for Storm on some cover years ago? Yeah, I don't maybe. know why, but suddenly it's looking very familiar. And and for those who have read Extreme X-Men, the art on that was fantastic. I, I yeah. mean, on on average, it was it was really exceptionally done and i just it doesn't even look like the same artist maybe he's taking the greg land correspondence course because oh i i'm i i hate to to rag on somebody but you, you got to point out the faults as well as the uh the successes and that's definitely not a successful cover just proves the point someone can actually draw sue storm ugly yeah, I never thought it was possible. And you know what? Yeah. E- e- looking even the way she is, yeah, I'd still do her. But that's that's just me. Yes, I I, I, I would do a comic character. How about? Am I pathetic or what? <laughs> Moving along. Remind me never your copy of uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh, I love that movie. Of um, course you did. Yes, <laughs> and another exception to the rule Greg Horn has been doing some very good work lately I have to give the man uh, credit that Ms. Marvel cover on uh, for issue number 12 it's not that offensive I'm, I'm not really thrilled with the face but no you're right it's 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 not it's not offensive I mean it's this actually no the more I look at it the the aircraft carrier back there I'm not really thrilled with the waves as they're crashing off the uh, the ship oh yeah See, I yeah, I'm distracted by the foreground. That and then look at her. Look, there's look there's her, an aircraft carrier. Around. Yes, there is. There's look two. At, there's, <laughs> yeah. No, those those are the those are the pontoons. <laughs> but and what's up? What's up with the right leg? And then uh, where 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 it meets up with the thigh, and then the, the oh, bottom think, of the uh, unitard. Yeah, I think because her her costume's cut pretty high. I think that's pretty much on the mark. I I like it. I think it's it's a sexy cover, and that's pretty much the selling point for Ms. Marvel, right? The sexiness of the character. Um, and, I mean, she does have a, a long and, and varied history in the Marvel universe, but let's let's be honest, that's what sells the book right there. And she's gonna catch she's gonna catch gnats in her teeth if she keeps her mouth. Open. Yeah, really. She's like a biker. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, I, I I the colors are. They're not fantastic. It's no Maury Hollowell, but it's it's well done, I guess. Um, she could be green, Vince. Yeah, which we'll get to. <laughs> Neon green. Uh, again, he didn't do a, a bad job on the She-Hulk cover for this month either. I'm I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm on the right medication, but I don't find Greg Horn as as objectionable as I as I used to. 
He's been listening to you. I know. He sends me love letters. Uh, He's been turning out some nice designs lately. Right. That's a pretty neat composition. It, it, you know, your eye is going in a circle and he's pulling it right towards the part that matters. Yeah. What, for what it's worth, but I think it, it, it works fairly well. I would at least pick this book up and, and thumb through it if I saw it on the rack just to... I mean, it's not as bad as a heavy metal cover. Have you seen some of those lately? No, thankfully I'm not. I, I, I saw the Christmas issue in Borders today. There's a, a, a woman dressed in like a Santa outfit and it's like latex and she's humping the hood of a car and that's your adult illustrated fantasy magazine right there so let's move along to something that is praiseworthy and it's New Avengers 27 oh what a that is a magnificent cover I think I've been reading this this series the entire time just waiting for this cover Mm -hmm. like 27 issues just to get to the point of uh Lanil Yu doing this book. Yeah, he's fantastic. There's a lot of Frank Miller in that cover, and I, I'm not talking about the line. I'm talking about the just the the whole gangbang falling from the sky like that. It's in the white space. It's really neat. Yeah, 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 yeah. That evokes Daredevil to me. And Yu is one of those guys that, in my opinion, doesn't do enough work. I hope Marvel really pushes him because uh, I think he's one of their best. Whenever they get around to Ultimate Hulk and Wolverine. <laughs> Out. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he was doing that. Yeah, because that was, seemed to be like that was going to be his big thing. Then when that got on hold, it's like, okay, what do we do with them now? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, seeing his stuff here is, has me really looking forward to this title again. Yeah, and this double page spread is just crazy. Nine one one. What are you reporting? Uh, we got someone or something crawling around out here. Did you see what it was? Was it a person or an animal? or? I can't tell. All I know is that my central light came on and I just happened to glimpse and see this thing running across the yard. Uh, a good-sized man or something looks like a man. I don't know what it was, just that it ran across the yard. Okay. You've had problems in the neighborhood before? Yeah, my dog was killed here just recently. I don't know what it was. Whatever it is, it's running. I couldn't catch it if I was going to chase it. But whatever it was, it was standing up. I'm out here looking through the window now and I don't see anything. I don't want to go outside. Jesus Christ, you better... Sir? Yeah. Hello? Get somebody out here. What's going on now, sir? That son of a bitch is about six foot nine, I don't know. Do you see him now, sir? Yes, I'm looking right at him. Uh-oh. Okay, hang on. He's right... Is he in your yard, sir? Yeah, God, he's big. Okay, what's he doing in your yard? He's looking at me. Oh, and the guy is on foot. Just... I don't know what... It, it's, it's a big... Real big person. That's all I can say. Okay, but it is a it is a person. <laughs> yeah, I'd say it was a person, somebody really big. But he's all in black. He's, is he a black male or a white male? Did you actually see whether, or was he just wearing black? He's all black and he's big. He is big. There's a lot of a lot of nice line work in there. there well, on on the. I think on the male characters mostly, I'm not I'm not real thrilled with Electra, but that that's just me. I mean, it's he's he's done. I, I think he's done better work as far as his um, his adjective of X Men back in uh, back in the late '90s, early early 2000. The um, but even even the Civil War poster he did last month and the Civil War poster book cover that they took from the poster, I. I uh, 
it, it's not it's not horrible. It's not as bad as some of the others that that, that we can see through uh, through this book and, and online. But uh, it's each issue so far has had a different artist, right? Because they've been doing the the, the character profile issues, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So, on, so yeah. this is so Lionel Yu is actually going to be the the artist on it for at least a few issues, as far as the story arc goes, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. You, you did the cage yeah. issue. Correct. Oh, he did. Yes. Yeah, yeah he did. Yeah. Oh, okay. And uh, if you, David, you brought up his X Men work. If you look at the style that he was working with on X Men One Hundred, I think it was mm-hmm. the, the one where Kitty's outside the the ship. That that magnificent double page space scene where she's you know on the tether and she's outside. That is so much different than this. He's loosened up a lot. And I, I think it, his style really benefits from it. Okay. It's, uh, I have a problem with real sleek and, and tight pencils. This is really nice. It's got a real, real lively, uh, flow to it. And it's, it's got a nice loose style. Yeah. Too. And it's not overworked at all. I don't think so. Anyway. It'll be interesting to find out who's going to be inking him on this, because I don't think the guy who's been inking him, I think, was pretty much, at least a lot of the stuff at DC was a Wildstorm regular, so. Mm-hmm. I think Electra looks Greek. Yeah, which she's supposed to. Yeah. Yeah, they got the skin tone pretty well. That yeah, and Echo doesn't look like a woman. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and uh, let's not forget about the... Uh, the fourth page, that's really sharp. Look at the sushi flying in the air there. Yep, yeah, I was noticing yeah. that. That's just exploding there. I like that a lot. You know, I'm, I'm really hoping that these pages are printed like this without text. Yeah, I, 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 don't I don't see how any kind of caption or text would enhance these at all. A Bendis book without word balloons? Yeah, I know. Well, but yeah. Stranger things have happened. Yeah. Probably went into the fetal position during the said months. And and look at the on the previous page. He doesn't even draw a lecture with pupils. That is so neat. She's all business. <laughs> I like that well, a lot. Yeah, not 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 till that last panel on the page here. Very nice. Moving on to New Universal number three. I can't wait to get my hands on this first issue. I know. I'm dying to find uh, out what everybody's talking about. I've heard from what I'm gathering, there's been um Mr. LaRocca has I guess borrowed um, a page out of maybe Greg Land's book as far as reference material goes. Oh. I don't think he is, is quite as as slavish to it as Land is. Okay. I don't think I don't think in the first issue you can actually find at least I hope you can find actual photos and, and match them up. Honestly the first time I went read through New Universe number one I maybe spotted one character that I said, oh, that must be so-and-so. A lot of it just sailed right past me the first time. I don't know what to think of his work on New Universal, because I've seen some pages that are amazingly detailed and and really complex and, and well-rendered, and then I've seen some, like the ones that they, they pointed out that he may have used reference for some of the characters in the book that they just seem flat to me it seems like he's investing a lot of time like in this cover here that that must have taken him a a very long time and it's a nice little drawing but then those panels i saw of the characters they just seem kind of flat so i i guess i'll hold my uh 
judgment on the book until I actually read the damn thing. That would be good. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm hoping. I, I, I was a, a big fan of the New Universe back in the day. And if you're at all familiar with Warren Ellis, you know that the man is going to put his little individual spin on it and make it something really special. So I, I can't see how you can lose with this book. I'm looking forward to it. And from what I've seen of the preview pages, Justice is back and Night Mask, although it seems the character has changed a little bit of gender over the years, but that's okay. Yeah. I'm just waiting to see how he works Kicker's Inc. into this. <laughs> I hope he doesn't. <laughs> All right. We should at least recognize Onslaught Reborn number four. There seems to be a substantial amount of interest in this title. From what I can gather online, the message boards are, they're not aflame with banter, but there is some interest because the man still has his fans. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. And I mean, if even if it, even if it takes 10 years for someone to be interested in, in this world again, then, then so be it. You know, Liefeld's having fun with it. Loeb is... Helping out his friend, and and the proceeds from it help a uh, go to a worthy cause with the Sam Loeb Foundation. So, you know, if if people if people remember Heroes Reborn from ten years ago, or just for, or, or even just remember Liefeld's artwork from from the nineties, and they're just you know they they just wanted. I I can't I, I don't know if anybody's walking into the comic shop going wow this looks like a book that I bought way back when. Let me see. You know, if it if it's still if it's that same artist or what the story's like. I I, I guess I don't know if it's if you know where it lands on on the diamond sales charts, but people are buying it. Even if you buy it and throw it away, at least the money's going to a good cause. There you go. Yeah, they said a substantial amount of the proceeds. So yeah. that's I think more than half. That's good. Half. It's a yeah. good. It's a good cause. Buy it. I, bitch about it, but at least you know buy at it. At least you bought it. Yeah. yeah. To me, that's that. That gives you the right to bitch about it because at least you bought it. You spent your money on it, so I mean, you just you kind of earned your right to, to to critique it right there. Yeah, I I might enjoy this book being drawn by Liefeld than I would the book on the facing page. Yeah, I'm it's not such, pleased. Uh, but it's such a drastic change when you start off with Ariel Olivetti and then you jump into Mike Diodato, that's there's a world of difference between the two. He's only and on for this issue. I really hope he is. I, I didn't look at the solicitation for March, the, so I don't know what, what, yeah. what, what's scheduled for issue yeah. five. The, the solicitation is uh, Olivetti is back. Good. All right. So he just, he just needed, awesome. he needed the month off. But, yeah. I mean, he was, you had Diodato taken over for Gary Frank with, with, with Squadron Supreme. Then he's on the Thunderbolts. Now he's doing this issue. And it's just like, do you not have, do you not have a bullpen? Do you not have someone else that you could give a comic book to and say, hey, you know, John Severin, he's doing a few pages in, in Iron Fist. You can't, let, let him knock out 22 pages oh, can of you, Punisher War Journal. Can you John imagine Severin. a, jo- oh, yeah, I think I just wet just- myself. I would love it. I'd buy three issues. I would. I'd buy so many issues of it just to hope that, you know, he'd be the permanent fill-in artist in the role that he has to back out. Has anyone read the Desperados series that John Sever did for Image? No, I have not. Oh. I think I have that one. uh, Amazing. Gorgeous stuff. And Severin must be at least... Seventy-five. He's in his, I was going to say he's, he's definitely in his late sixties. Yeah, if, 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 
Now, remember, Severin did work for EC Comics. Yes. So, and, it, I, and I remember Severin as a cracked magazine artist. Yeah, and that's the thing with Severin. I can't look at his art without expecting a punchline. <laughs> or 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 a, a pratfall or some kind of gag, and I think it would be so cool to see him on Punisher because, as anyone who's read the first issue knows, Fraction's not adverse to throwing a couple gags in. That's pretty neat. Yeah, even if they fall flat. But I mean, you know, when you consider when you consider the source, I mean, this is Frank Castle, Mister Grim and Gritty, and and you know, pulls no punches, and and he's going to try to throw some lines out about some obscure actor from Gilligan's Island or you know anything like that and and getting back to Fraction and and Punisher War Journal number 4 anybody have anything to say about the cover or the interior pages I don't know just the idea of Dr. Doom showing up for the stilt man's funeral is enough to have me interested yeah, but it looks why? like he's wearing a suit too. I mean, yeah. how do you even put on a shirt and tie around that mask? And it's like I, I don't and an electro think. in this suit with the mask on. And Stiltman is a joke. Why would the monarch of Latveria lower himself to show up at Stiltman's funeral? Free booze? Maybe. Well, <laughs> I, I'm thinking the booze he owes are him some money. <laughs> <laughs> and why would he sit next to the chameleon? I mean, really, there's no place else where he'd, he'd, he'd have to like lower himself to sit. Dr. Octopus and, and the Chameleon. It's just, but um, we know Fraction, and I'm sure he's got a reason, and I'm sure he'll yeah. make it make it work. I don't think you just you ask why with Fraction. You just accept it and, yep. and I'm, enjoy I'm, I'm the moment. Yeah, it's it's like the incline on the roller coaster. You just strap yourself in, and you don't ask why. You just sit back and enjoy the ride. I do like the pool tables pushed together. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, on the, the inside. Yeah. That's nice. And on on the cover, I like the uh, the cover of the uh, original issue of Daredevil where Stillman appeared. I like Viper. Yeah, you would. Look at that. He's got the Frank Miller folds yeah. going in the in the dress. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That uh, that that Jim Lee borrowed for Deathblow. Oh, remember that? Uh, no, I oh. try not to. I have that issue, and, and I, you know... But do you have Darker Image, where he first appeared? Yes, I do. Yeah, How many copies? <laughs> one of each cover, one of each... <laughs> I, I, I actually had... Wasn't there like a... Um, there was a, a, a regular one, and there was like a... I don't want to say foil, but there was like a goofy... Wasn't there a glow-in-the-dark cover? I, if there was, I think I have it. Because I have two copies. I have a regular one and some goofy one that, you know... Every time I'm going through my books as I'm rearranging them, I'll get to that, and I'm just like, what the hell was I thinking? Uh-huh. Yeah. It was the early 90s. We were all doing it. I know. Yes, and, we and then I'll I'll stumble upon the uh, Liefeld X-Force, and I have <laughs> oh. I have all five of them with the oh, cards with still the cards. bagged, yeah. and I have one that's unbagged because naturally I had to read it. So Naturally. Naturally. You're better for it, and you're a better man for it. I am. Uh, yeah. People love him. When he was at the Seattle Con last year, there was quite a line for people. To uh, there was a line books. and a half. Always in, in Chicago. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I confront the spirit of hate right there. I command that spirit. Face me. Face me in the name of Jesus. You thought you'd have her forever. Yeah, didn't you? Didn't you? Yes, 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 yes. 
Is that how you got this? With a hatred deception. toward... Deception! Deception! Deception? What kind of deception? Are you part of a curse? Yes! Yeah. Hundreds of years! Hundreds of years! Hundreds! Yeah, came down through the family line through her brother, didn't it? And passed on to you, didn't it? Did oh. you deceive her? Yes! Yes! How did you deceive her? What did you make her believe? Nobody would find out. Who is chief among... Herman! Herman is the man who put the curse on the family, isn't he? Yes, yes! What nationality? Yeah, well... He's not short of fans. No. And I remember, I thought it was the coolest thing when he was on that 501 commercial. And then oh, yeah, and, and, and drawn Spike Man with the camera yeah, on and his it, hat. Yeah. And they had the, the pictures, uh, or the, the, the graphics of X-Force, you know, scrolling by. Well, see, it was That was pretty cool. You've never seen a comic book artist on uh, television before do a commercial? No, no. you got to give him props a little bit. Yeah. He, uh, he made some headway. Enough about Liefeld. <laughs> we don't want to get all, you know, weepy. Yeah. Uh, She-Hulk, <laughs> number 16. I, I'm looking forward to this. And it's Planet Without a Hulk. As it has been. And it, it, I'm buying into it just because they used that tagline. Planet Without a Hulk. I have to buy into it. So you have to say Planet Without a Hulk is wonderful? Or you got to wait to read it first? Oh, no. I'll say that. Planet Without a Hulk is wonderful. I'm assuming. <laughs> yes. Let's, let's let's make sure. We... I'm not sure what's up with the Wendigo there. He's moving really fast. Okay. Yeah. yeah we'll go with that. So yeah. he's like the dog sticking his head out the window. He's moving, you know. <laughs> I like that cover. I think it's pretty neat. I like Wolverine. I, I, I'm not sure what's up with She-Hulk's temper tantrum. You know what bugs me about Greg Horn? I've just I've just figured this out. His signature. I I tend to dislike artists who take an inordinate amount of care in rendering their signature instead of what they should be rendering, and that's the image. As I've said okay. before, and I think his signature is just it. It's too. Hmm. It's too obtrusive. It sticks out too much, and it just pulls me right out. That that's about it. Uh, otherwise, I think it's it's a little too slick, from from what I'm normally drawn to. But it's not. I like it. It's not okay. bad. It's different than this Durango homage for last month. See, I'm yeah. I, I'm trying to be a kinder, gentler <laughs> reviewer. Yes, I see that. Yeah, because you oh, this want show those quotes. Yeah, yeah we've, we've is, you know we've jumped the shark. <laughs> yeah, really, Jesus. And we talked about the Silent War number two Tribble with the tuning fork stuck in his head last episode. <laughs> so we'll, we'll the tuning fork or, or goalpost? I don't know. <laughs> it looks almost like a Jewish harp without the the, the middle part. <laughs> it looks like what uh, marching bands have to hold their music. There you go. That's hey, nice. Yeah. Well, then and we can it, move on to the Great Ball Galaxy cover. Oh, good lord! Oh. Those arms. How, how what happened on that cover? The same thing that happened last cover for Squadron Supreme. It's it's a case of how far the mighty have fallen. And I, I think I'll be getting it because Guggenheim is writing it, and I have been wanting to see the showdown between Hyperion and Nighthawk. I'm not sure why the hell it has to take place overseas or, or in the middle of, of, of some third world country. Or some war torn country, but you know, I they, visually it, it's not extremely appealing to me, which is a shame because it's Paul Galassi. 
Yeah. And and the guy has done some incredible work in the past. I can't fault him. It, this is not enough to taint the greatness of his past work. Oh, no. By no means, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's not in league I mean, with they, what they, he's they even, done. I mean, they even reference some of his... Uh, Greater work when they mention his his name in the in the solicit. Yeah, his uh, master of kung fu was exactly that. It was masterful, and it just I, I don't want to say it saddens me, but because I, I being a someone outside of the industry, I don't know the details. He could be there could be a million and one different things causing him to. And maybe he feels it's okay. Maybe he likes it. So That's who who am I to yeah. say? It, yeah. it it's just not it's not doing it for me. How old is he? Does anyone know? He must be at least sixty. But then again, uh, you know, I don't know the faceless. No, well, I think he, I think he was like eighteen when he was doing Shang Chi. Oh, was he really? Yeah, he was real young. Okay, so yeah, I was gonna... let's give him the benefit Sad, of the doubt. We'll say fifty. That yeah? sounds right. I saw him. Earlier this year, the Motor City show. Yeah, he didn't look that old. And Saber and Six from Sirius. Just incredible, incredible yeah. work. Oh, yeah. God bless you, Paul Galassi. Damn, Skippy. Yeah. Wherever you are. <laughs> Wherever you are. Wherever you are. Drawing the next issue of Squadron Supreme, Premium versus Nighthawk. But since it's been a while since we have some really nice looking covers, I really like this Jack Flag jumping off on this Thunderbolts cover. I'm with you on that one. Yeah, it's nice. That's a magnificent cover. I mean, I could even yeah. do without the Venom in the background, but I really like Jack Flag there. And it's not as slick for as Ariel Olivetti's other stuff. But that's not Ariel Olivetti. Isn't this that's, the, that's a Marco cover. That's oh, it's a, it's, yeah. it's a Jergevic. Yes. Yeah. I should really pay attention to those little so credits on the bottom. The bottom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I love Jergevic stuff. Yeah. yeah he, he's, uh, that new Daredevil cover for next month's solicitations. Oh, we're talking about this month. That's okay. We can pull the Karnak out once in a while. Oh, my God. (laughs) I haven't seen those. I'm so lost. (laughs) Jefferson predicts that the next cover for Daredevil will be incredible and done by Marco Djurjevic. So we should should have tea leaves on this thing. We can make a mint. (laughs) Every time you talk about something, I haven't read Baby Jesus Christ. Yeah. Is that what that sound is? That's that's what that sound is. That's baby Jesus and me crying. I can't wait to see what Warren Ellis does with the Thunderbolts, but in a way I'm very upset that the um te- the previous team has been pushed to the sideline, so to speak, and only put on the miniseries to the right. Thunderbolts present Zemo, Born Bitter. I think Nicieza and Grummet have done career best work on this on on Thunderbolts the past couple issues. Just amazing stuff, incredibly complex for a basically a group of reformed villains. It, yeah, since issue one hundred, they've just been. It seems like everything finally clicked for them. Yeah, you're right. Even working in the uh, all the crossover stuff, they've had to work in on it. It was a superhero book that reveled in the genre. It wasn't a shame to be anything other than it was. Just a good old-fashioned superhero slugfest of of massive proportions. I loved every minute of it. And I, I'm hoping that this uh, Zemo miniseries is going to be more of the same. I really like that cover. That's great. Yeah. I love Grummet. 
Zemo has become one of my favorite characters in in a relatively short amount of time, and that's because of uh, Fabian Nicieza. I can I can believe that. I've I've always liked his work, even on New Warriors back in the day with uh, with, with Derek Robertson. Yeah. And, and, and when he took over X Force, right, and not a newcomer to comics, the guy's been around. Like he's, he was the editor for Valiant. He I was, know, uh, an acclaim. He he helped bring us Quantum and Woody. Yeah, and anytime you can get more Woody, that's all right. Then Vince is right there. <laughs> the because um, I, I I always associate Grummet with his anchor Al Vade. Is, uh did did Vay follow him over to the Thunderbolts? No, it's been Gary Erkson. Erkson, yeah. Oh I just, wow. Uh, okay. Thunderbolt stuff. Okay. Since the uh, the Avengers Thunderbolts miniseries. Um, oh, okay. And Grummet's another one of those guys that just has a a knack for drawing beautiful, sexy women. Yes, indeed. I, yeah, yeah, especially from the Titans hunt, man. Yeah. Do you remember yeah. Knockout in the pages of Superboy? I do. They, they they named her really well because he yes. oh he knocked that one out of the ballpark. Just beautiful stuff. Moving right turn, along. Turning six page sixty four now. Now Vince and I was I was so pleased to see this yesterday morning when I uh, when I checked the site. You've been um, you've been posting some news and one of the items was a uh, was, was something relating to uh, Mister Moore Pierce. Yeah, her her work has inspired a a twelve year old girl. To nice. to create some um, create some fiction of her own, so the the woman does have her fans, and uh, I guess her novels are are pretty popular. I've I've never read them. I'm sure my girls will event- okay. eventually, but um, I like I said before. I I really I enjoyed the first issue of White Tiger, and I. May have jumped the gun in in noticing a few things that may or may not have been there. Thank you, Citizen Dave. Love That's you. Right. <laughs> but um, I will reserve judgment until I read number two tomorrow. It always uh, it, it's, it surprises me the past couple of months that White Tiger seems to have the most writing when it comes to solicits and previews. Yeah. Well, there's I a, mean, a couple are just like three, yeah. three, three sentences, but these these two paragraphs. Right. There's a there's a lot, a lot of substance to it. There's a, a lot of things going on in the book. It's not just a day in the life of this character. There's some intrigue behind the scenes, and whenever you have a a crime syndicate, you know, there's there's a lot of players involved. So, uh, yeah, I think it, it it warrants that much text, and and you always have to get the. Uh, the Daredevil Bendis connection just to maybe sell a couple more issues. That's cool. Okay. It's a nice cover by Matt, though. Oh, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So let's jump over to Cable and Deadpool number 37. I love Scotty Young. <laughs> that is a freaky cover. I, I like it. It's, it's great. You know, we'll tell the future again here a little bit. I saw the cover to 38. Scotty Young did uh, Cable. It's, it's unbelievable. It's really well done. And uh, I, I do like the character of Deadpool, and I like the character of Cable even more. I'm on board with this book as of issue 36, so I'm hoping uh, it's Fabian. How bad can it be? He That's he, true. he he works wonders with the Thunderbolts, so I'm I'm yeah. assuming that this will be more of the same. And like Amazing Spider Girl and Avengers Next, I like my lighthearted comics. I do. I, I can read a, a a criminal 
and uh, other books of that magnitude. And then I'll always have, you know, Cable and Deadpool and Avengers next there waiting for me when I want to decompress a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's room for everything, I guess. Junk is no good, baby. Junk is no good. Baby, junk is no. No good, baby junk. No good, baby. Junk is no good, baby. Junk is good? No, baby. Junk is baby? No good. Junk is no very good. Junk is good, baby? No. Junk is baby good? No. Baby is no good. Junk. Baby is good. No junk. Baby is junk. No good. Baby is no junk good. Baby is good. Junk no. Baby is junk good. No. Is no good baby. Junk. Is no baby junk good. Is no junk baby good. Is no good junk baby. Is no baby good junk. No junk, good baby. Is good baby? No junk. Is good? No junk, baby. Is good junk? No baby. Is good baby? Junk, no. Is good, no baby junk. Is good junk, baby? No. No good baby is junk. No good is baby junk. No good junk is baby. No good baby junk is. No good is junk baby. No good junk baby is. Exiles 91. Dun, dun, dun. Chris Claremont. I don't know. But it's it's your boy Paul. Yeah. You know, as as as, uh, yeah. as huge as Sabretooth looks, Psylocke looks a little short change in the um, uh, uh, up there. She's taut. Oh, I don't want to see her with. No, not Psylocke. Remember, that's Betsy Braddock. She yes, was, it is, and, and so, Betsy was wasn't uh, wasn't so so quaint up there. No, and I wish she would put a little bit more on. We don't need another scantily clad ninja. True. This is Claremont's chance to maybe do something substantial with the character, I'm hoping. But if the comics industry demands what it does demand, it, I don't think chances of that are, are too great. But we can always hope. I, I told you what my, uh, what my mother-in-law says about hope, right? No. Hope in one hand, shit in the other, see which one gets filled up first. <laughs> Your mother-in-law is a very wise woman. Yes, yeah, she is. <laughs> She's, uh, she, she gave birth to my wife. She can't be that bad at all. What happens when you clap? Hey, <laughs> open shit all over the place. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, let's jump on over to um, anybody have anything to say about Newick's Caliber? Well, I was just going to mention something about uh, Paul Pelletier. It looks like he's maybe taking over the chores for uh, Fantastic Four. Oh, get out. Yeah, I he was solicited. That. He was solicited for uh, the new issue. Oh, that would be incredible! 
Oh, I, I really hope your uh, powers of perception are online with this one. I, I love Paul Pelletier's work. Is that how you pronounce it? Pelletier? It sounds French. I don't know. That's what it looks like. Add an accent. His, his negation for, for Cross-Gen is one of my all-time favorite series. I love his, his style. He's so... The man is just drip sexiness. Well, his art. I don't know about the man. <laughs> yes, yes, well. <laughs> but um, can you imagine Sue Storm by Paul? The mind boggles. Yeah, no, you're right. You're and and right. Uh, he could, I bet you his, his thing would be every bit as uh, solid as, as the best representations of the... You know what they should do? Here's a, here's a, a, a deal. Paul... Pelletier on pencils and Joe Sinnott on inks. Mm, wow! Yeah, nice. there you go. Nice. Where what? We need Joe back. Top five inkers of all time. We need that man back in the Marvel universe. I I, I say we uh, we need uh, Mr. Jesse Rubenstein as well. Oh yeah, Rubenstein, excellent choice. Yes, classic inkers. Yeah, David has a fondness for inkers. Did you notice that? I hide it well, don't I? Yeah. Yeah. I try not to let it show. Let's shimmy on over to New X-Men 35, a book that I... They said shimmy. I, I joined the party a little late. I had some catching up to do, and I'm I'm really glad that I did. It's one of my favorite books. It's a I pretty lo- new cover from Paco. Yeah. X-23 is looking incredibly sexy uh, for a girl her age. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know, those kids, they got experiment. But... I, I I really like that cover a lot. It's um, it's fairly mundane, but it's done in a, in a in a real neat way where it's kind of makes it a little bit more than it is. The background's really nice. Yeah, I I'm sorry, I can't. I noticed who did the cover for the comic solicited on page sixty six. It's a Salvador cover. Oh boy! What the fuck is up with Juggernaut back there? He's a Juggernaut, bitch. <laughs> jugs, getting some jugs. Yeah, I don't know. And is that Dazzler over there uh, behind uh, Mystique's um, right yeah. shoulder? That's not Mystique. I was going to say that's Nightcrawler's daughter, yeah. isn't it? Oh, that, okay. Yeah. All right. Neat. That's, um, what oh. is her name? Um, it's another thing like. like yeah, something, they didn't even tell you in the solicit. Something like Darkness, or no, it's, uh. Not Shadow. Ah, screw she it. Was in, that, that, that she was in looks, Exiles um, for so long. Yeah, oh, I was know. She? Yeah. Yeah. Then Vince reads it, jeez. I know. Uh, yeah, well, we'll just cut this part out. <laughs> that, <laughs> not that, not that, all of it. So that, that Dazzler looks like Annette Benning or somebody. I, I just... Yeah, that's a good doesn't look like She doesn't look like no disco queen to me. Annette Benning's old enough to have been a disco queen. Yeah, that, that, yeah she is. Absolutely is. Artists do need reference, but when it becomes obvious, uh, when the when the the nature of the reference becomes obvious, then that's where you run into problems. Yes, and uh, I I would think that Salvador is a strong enough artist where he would know. He he's his work in the past is superb. Why does he need to to rely on reference so much? Maybe he's well. Let's just look at the volume of work he's done in this previews alone. The covers, New Universal. I mean, it's he may be feeling the pressure. I don't know. Okay. 
It's entirely possible. It's weird because, like on New Universal, Ellis says he's cranking them out faster than, uh, or Salvador is cranking out the artwork faster than Ellis can write them. So that yes, yeah, that's right. He did say that in like last week's yeah. one of one of last week's bets. He's like, Larocca's like up to issue seven or something, ready to to work on, and and Ellis I don't think is finished writing five or six or something. But yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Scott's right. He's. Uh, Salvador is ahead of the which is which might be why you know they're they're keeping him busy with all these covers. Yeah, but is that a good thing? I mean, yeah, we're we're used to artists being late, and in this case, it's it's um, you know, you're it's you're the actually opposite, it's the yeah. opposite. But yeah. is it could maybe that's not exactly a good thing, and it's nocturne. Can they get some? Can they get some other guys to do some covers? Yeah, I mean, instead of you know. Every book looks alike because it got the same artist doing the covers on them. Yeah, and it's not a good look. I'll be honest, it's not. No, no. no. It it almost, almost it looks like a collage to me. They just each character seems to be almost drawn differently, or a different application is taken to each one. It doesn't seem cohesive to me. Right. Compare his work on Extreme X Men, where they basically colored his pencils. With this, it's, it doesn't even look like the same artist. Okay. And that's Nocturne, by the way. There you go. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's the that comes through. Yep. Um, is, that, is that encyclopedia? It, it it takes a long time to bubble to the surface, but it eventually gets there. It's like a septic <laughs> tank, you know. Thank you very much. <laughs> Page sixty-eight and Uncanny X-Men. You know, I'm, we're batting a thousand. John Watson is another artist. I I don't like his stuff. But he is still uh, he is still only doing those covers that uh, revolve around um, Son of Vulcan, right? Yeah, Clayton Henry's work. And and yeah, I can't say what I don't like about it, but it I I just I don't like it. It's lifeless. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. The the colors are. are tepid there's there's nothing really that jumps off that page to me it, it's all basically subdued and and uh, it's all low-key and i'm not talking no about the to it. son of odin yeah <laughs> <laughs> he'll be here all week folks. i'm writing that one down thank you very much yeah. i'm sorry scott what were no, you saying i was gonna say now that i'm looking at it, i'm going there's no there's no tension in it no there's there's no energy or anything, even though you know he's, it looks like he's leaking energy. It, it doesn't. It's not conveyed at all. If if translate. If if Marvel published a line of Harlequin esque romance <laughs> books, I, I would expect that to be on. The, I would expect his hair to be a little longer, his shirt to be open, but that's pretty much what I would expect. Sorry. You may have just given him a new idea. Yeah. But on the positive side, I like where Ed Brubaker's taking uh, Uncanny. It's it's fun. It shouldn't be going against the grain there, right? And that's usually the direction I, I take. But it's um, it's it's enjoyable. I, I can't say that I'm not getting my my two dollars and ninety nine cents minus DCBS discount for every issue. It it it's worth it to me. Okay. Yeah. When it comes to X Men, I always like the more misfit teams. Mm-hmm. This one, I think, qualifies. Anything that actually has Havoc and Polaris as part of it usually is enough to get me interested. And in the same vein, Mike Carey's team is a, exceptionally a misfit team. 
in uh, uh, in X. Oh, you don't like it? The next one. Yeah. I actually haven't. I've only read a couple of issues. The, the the rotating artists on that have kind of kept me away from it so far. Oh, pick it up! It's awesome. It is so good. The, the, he's Carrie's making Rogue into a a very very well developed character. I mean, what has Rogue been in the past? You know, she's been the oh I can't get close to you because of my powers. I'm just gonna push everybody away type character and and woe is me. But she's a leader in this book which is real I never expected Rogue to be a, a good leader but she assembled the team and I won't give anything away but they kicked ass well, and it, the way you keep on the way you keep yeah. on talking about it I'm going to have to definitely check it out and you know it doesn't hurt to have Chris Bajalo on a book yeah. if I had to pick three artists working today uh, that would be my favorite Bacallo would be pretty much top of the list. No, I'm sorry, Ramita Jr. But Bacallo would be—he'd <laughs> be right up there. And um, how about Wolverine Fifty One? I can't wait to get my hands on Simone Bianchi's work. And who did the coloring on that cover? At least, good old Maury Hollowell. God bless him. There you go. It was really neat today. I was uh, fielding uh, ad requests on Comic Space, and Maury was kind enough to to add me and he said something along the lines of thanks for making my head big and, <laughs> but it's it's not undue praise the man deserves everything i say all all the praise that i've i've heaped upon him he, i think he deserves that and more he's world class look at the color in that it's just brilliant so Maury, i'm just going to keep doing it you're just going to have to widen your doorways or something so. <laughs> this is Frank Zappa from the Mothers of Invention. Hi, wanna die? Start today. Use a little speed. You got five years. Rot your mind, rot your heart, rot your kidneys, cucaracha. A public service announcement of the Do It Now Foundation. And then we have Wolverine Origins number 11, a book that I'm not reading, so I, I can't comment on it. I think that's the only book you're not reading. It's it's one of them, yeah. I, I thumbed through some early issues, and I didn't like what I saw. And I, Nuke is one of those characters I don't think anyone should ever use. No, I, I agree with you there. I mean, I haven't read the uh, the issues yet. I um, I'm missing a couple to make the um, to make the storyline complete. But I, I was a little taken aback when, um, when 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 I saw the character, especially that Hitch cover where where where's Beating the crap out of Wolverine on, on the cover, I think, of the second issue. Yeah, but. I don't know. Is it is it just me or I think Steve Dillon is miscast? Oh, I as agree. An artist for this. Book. Yeah, the, I've seen the first couple, of, read the first couple of issues, and and Dillon needs the right book, the right story to be at. Well, there yeah. you go. Then if, if if Severin's not available, instead of Diodato, let, uh, let 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 Dillon work with Fraction on an issue of Punisher War Journal. He's done the character before. I like them on the Punisher Marvel Night series with Enos. Yeah. And, yeah. oh my God, yeah. And because it's in the same vein as Preacher, more or less. I, yeah. I, I've come to associate Steve Dillon with Preacher. A, a vertigo, gritty, true to life type. Well, as much as Preacher could be true to life. But um, just uh, he's, he's uh, in my eyes, he's an independent artist. 
he he's works on on books that uh, they don't fit within that Marvel Universe niche. I agree. And the whole torture thing early in the uh, in the run, I I just didn't that didn't do anything. Yeah, I thought it was excessive. I'd forgotten about that part of it. Yeah, I I will give uh, credit to uh, Joe Q. He's been doing some magnificent covers for this book. Yeah, the covers have been pretty neat. Yeah. yeah. And 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 David, you you were right last episode when you heaped a bunch of praise on on Joe. I I don't really give the man enough credit. He's a great editor in chief, but I think he's an even better artist. Oh, without doubt. Yeah. I I man, I would. I, I love his work. I, I always thought he was a. Um, I mean, looking flipping through the, um, not even flipping through, just taking my time with the, with the first Daredevil hardcover. I mean, there's, it, it's it's so obvious that it's it's Quesada artwork, but the fact that it, it, I mean, it's Daredevil, so it looks like, it, there, there's definite influences from Wally Wood, mm-hmm. and there's there there's some some slight. I, I see Mazzuchelli in these pages, and it's just it's. It's a great amalgamation of past Daredevil artists, just great artists in general. And, and you know, Quesada is, is great in his own right. And when he's inked with, by, by Palmiati, everything just looks amazing. And when they were doing Ash and they were doing Ninjack and, and you know, anything that they were doing, I mean, the covers for, for anything that Valiant had, I thought their bloodshot was pretty neat because I wasn't... As great as Barry Windsor Smith is, I wasn't real thrilled with his bloodshot. But um, he looked a little bloated at times. But their their Exo Man of War covers, <laughs> I, it's just it, he did. But I mean, it's just everything they do is just is, is phenomenal. It is, man. You know, hey, you never know with all those nanites. You never know what's going on in your system. Uh, Joe, but no, Joe, Joe, Joe Q is is he's one of the greats. Yeah, and uh, he's he's lightened up on the. Uh, his use of blacks from the X for X factor days, because that was almost Mignola esque back then where he would yeah. throw those heavy freaking blacks in there. He's, he's doing a lot of line work now. And as you can tell from this cover, he, he's got a very nice line. Actually, I can't, I can't comment on everything he's done because I've only seen a couple of pages from Daredevil Father, and I'm not sure what is going on on some of those pages. Yeah, I opted out f- of that series. I'm I'm just going to pick up the collected edition. Yeah, so am I. Too too much delays. Oh yeah. Yeah, but I I will buy it and read it because it's Daredevil and it's it's Joe and why not? Why not? Why not? Can I ask a question? It's like way off subject. You can ask but him. You mentioned, but you mentioned his name. What is David Mazzuchelli doing these days? Not enough. I don't think he's doing the rubber blanket anymore. Which, that's that's I mean, what I was thinking. If you can get your, I haven't seen any of that in a long time. Yeah, if you can get your hands on those. Oh, they're, they are, they're gorgeous. Oversized and just chock full of, and yeah, good stuff. Yeah, he's an, he's an artist's artist. He really is, um, which is it's like a graphic designer by trade or a fine artist. He's not. Um, we're all artists when you think about it, because whenever your your brain is processing information, you're actually drawing in your head. Thinking is nothing more than okay. drawing in your head. You have to. Okay. You're creating pictures, so I mean, we're all artists in a sense. It's just that some people have not been able to 
channel that through their hands and make it onto the page. But Mazzuccelli seems to have a God-given gift for the for the the craft. He's just incredible. Yes. In um, year one, I, mm. there's not a bad panel in that in that that run. True. Very very true. Very. Yeah, that's that was great stuff, man. Oh man. He he must have poured over Alex Toth's work because I see the same confidence in the in the placement of blacks that Toth had. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody want to talk about X Factor 16? Oh, I read 13 the other day, man. I love that. Oh, what a... I, I don't even know what to say without giving it away. <laughs> <laughs> Peter David, another one of those guys that can do no wrong. Even... I mean, even that's true. Say the man doesn't get enough credit. I think sometimes. No, 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 he definitely does not. I think when all said and done, he will be ranked among the best of the best, and and f- rightly so. The, the guy has, like I said, I don't think he's ever produced a comic where I sat back after reading it and just said, "Man, that's sucked." It, <laughs> you, Peter David just doesn't suck. <laughs> he could take a concept like Spidey twenty ninety nine and make it work. Uh, his his initial run of X Factor is brilliant stuff, and when you consider it was basically third tier X Men wannabes, strong guy. What do you do with strong guy? You know, <laughs> uh, but um, he seems to make it work. I don't know how he does it. He's he's just. Uh, and then when you take into account the novels he writes and he he must be at the at the keyboard you know 12 hours a day yeah he's he's a force he to be reckoned with yeah he's a writer of stuff yep and i'm so glad he's it, there was a time when we didn't see much peter david at least not from marvel not from marvel no and, and i'm glad he's back home uh, because he's yeah. one of those guys i associate immediately with marvel you know not to slight his other work young justice was great but uh, I never read Fallen Angel, but yeah, you're right. Uh, Young Justice, he um, actually wrote that whole run. Yep. Yeah. And just to say, Fallen Angel is a is, is a pretty good series. Are you still reading it with it being at IDW, or did you? Uh... Uh, I'm switching to trades on that one. But I read okay. the uh, I read most of like the the first six issues on the, on the monthly basis. But I switch over to trades, but. The art change gets a bit, it takes a bit of getting used to, but oh, okay. It's still it's it's a very for Peter David that series is just a very dark series that you don't necessarily expect uh, uh, expect from him. And it, one of those writers that's been plagued with bad luck, as far as his title go, his titles go, Fallen Angel, you know, it jumped companies and there was that that period where it was in limbo, and then you had Captain Marvel, which went through that whole. Uh, you you, you did yeah it's it just seems like the guy is is beset by tragedy on his books and it's a, it's a shame because there's not too many writers out there that are better. I'm getting the first uh, what eight issues in trade coming, and uh, this will actually be the first Peter David book I've ever read. Oh, oh my god! I think it's time See, for you to and, dive into the yeah. bargain bins and get some Hulk. This we we told them what we told them during Return of the Hulk. Yep. Go find those mm-hmm. Peter David yeah. issues. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go back. His Peter one, David's Hulk is is one, that's required reading. I think <laughs> I was gonna say wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you weren't. God damn it! I was, 
Actually, there's, there's a Peter David <laughs> miniseries that I that, that I that, that I really enjoyed was um, Saxon Violins. Oh yeah, even with the George Perez art prints. There are some things you sacrifice for good storytelling. (laughs) (laughs) Nicely done. (laughs) Save. Jella, boom. Boom, yeah. I understand boom. Bada boom. Big. Big. Big bada boom. Big. Bada big boom. Big yeah. boom. Yeah, big bada boom. Bada boom. <laughs> big bada. boom, big bada boom. Oh, hey guys, uh, I gotta split. I gotta take the uh, Browns to the Super Bowl. X. Oh, good <laughs> lord, oh, man. Taco well, Bell again. It, better you than me, buddy. Well, and but uh, thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, as always, it, what a pleasure to have you on. Feels like you've been on for weeks. Yeah, <laughs> it's dragging. Oh, I, I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> oh yeah. Thank you, Jefferson. Okay, have a great boys. night, buddy. We'll see you. Goodbye. Jefferson. Well, look who we have. We uh, we're joined by another forumite. Everybody knows this guy. If you don't, where the hell have you been? It's Chris Chavez, Mister Equinox. Hi, Chris. Hey, hey guys, how you doing? We're doing pretty well. We we are currently on page seventy-two. X-Men 196, featuring an unbelievable cover by Umberto Ramos. Now, for a minute there, I thought you were going to say an unbelievable yeah. rack on Mystique, but... You, you know me you. well. <laughs> Look at the expression in her face and her body language. This guy is unstoppable. Yep. Sorry, Derek. That is a magnificent cover. Well, that's right. De- Derek still has, uh, in his defense, Cable's got some pretty big feet. <laughs> he has a lot of weight to support. Okay. Yeah, there you go. The menace in Cable's eyes, the the aloofness of Rogue, uh, the speedos of Iceman. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Why are they black? I don't know because I think inside the pages, even there, uh, it's he's you know the, all iced up like he normally is. I don't know what's the deal with that. So you can tell he's actually wearing something and not naked. Yeah, naked beneath my clothes. Yeah, yeah, really. You know what I always wondered about Mr. Drake is if he can turn his body to ice, why is he not transparent? Why don't you see the internal organs? <laughs> oh, oh, um, I don't know. You, I, yeah, good question. Maybe, maybe it's like a consistent, you know, whole body, you know, outer and inner type of thing. I guess you know, kind of the same same thing as what uh, Sue Storm. You know, if, if the exterior is invisible, would you just see the interior? Oh, glad you should mention that. In Peter David's sixteen oh two Fantastic Four, Sue's pregnant, and you actually see the fetus floating. In in in, 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 in well, uh, what you assume to be floating in her belly. It is the coolest thing. That's another book. If you're not reading it, pick that up. Excellent, excellent title. Again, by Peter David. Uh, Was in, um, as of the second issue, yeah. Yeah, really neat. Hmm. I just can't get enough of this cover. I I would really hope that they decide to make that a poster. That'd be neat. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, that'd be good. That would be good. I I see the touch of the the Bachalo, Bachalo, whatever you want to call it. Well, he is filling in for two issues, so. It's yeah. it's good to keep it in the same same territory, but mm-hmm. man, is Mystique sexy as hell. 
You ain't lying there. No. And um, all proceeds to the Get Derek to Love Umberto Ramos Fund can be sent to Comic Book Noise. (laughs) 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 Help help a friend out here. We're going to hold a a, uh, telethon. We should. Forum. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We'll 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 start we'll start a sticky thread. <laughs> Actually, there was um, Derek was kind enough to uh, talk about his time on episode twelve, oh. on, uh, the latest episode of uh, Comic Book Noise, I believe, episode sixty-seven. And he he said Vince can drop some knowledge. Yeah. Totally bamboozled him, didn't I? <laughs> you did, man. Uh, you know, I don't really. You got to distance yourself a little bit from this, just in case somebody has negative things to say. So you're always on your guard. I listened to what he had to say, and man, I I don't know. I just I got to thank him. That was very nice, and you know he he gave David and I praise, which is awesome. You know, I I have nothing to say to the man, but thanks. Yeah. That that was really I, nice of him to do. I, I love the fact that he always like you know when I when I see Vince on the forum it's always like boobies or some some immature comment or well, something like be, that because it is it is but it's like that he <laughs> but you know I I could talk I'm listening to the man and like I'm like I thought I could just kind of breeze through this podcast and I'm like oh damn I'm like he he knows his shit uh, yeah and I I got to return the the favor Derek's. Derek's top notch. If 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 you don't listen to Comic Book Noise and the other seventeen point two billion podcasts that he works on, <laughs> you, you really should. That was yeah yeah. Just thank you, Derek. <laughs> don't sign that check until I make the deposit. Okay. That's it. <laughs> Let's um, move on over to X Men First Class number six. Who's reading this? Anybody here? I'm all shot at once. Yeah, yeah really. Yeah. It's that tumbleweed again. Magnificent covers by Jurjevic again, but the interiors, sorry, Roger. Uh, I'm not sure yeah. how I'm feeling about this cover, but yeah, it's what I've seen of the. Um, when I see little thumbnails of the preview pages, those didn't look too bad. But like, then, then Vince said, no, you might want to blow those up. And yeah. Then I got to see. Uh, see some of the chinks in the armor it, it, it's almost like roger cruz is moving towards the um scott colin's way of rendering where he's just there, there's not enough well i'm not talking about colin's here but in in the spirit of colin's he he there's not enough black it's mostly line and it's it's almost weightless well he, who's who's inking him on it or is, or is he doing all of it himself um we'll never know because, <laughs> We're not reading. yeah, that's too bad. Jeff Parker's a, a pretty decent writer, but I just had no interest to go back and and kind of relive this period again and again and again. Yeah, I can understand that. I like the grimace on Cyclops. That's pretty neat. Yeah, I got what half half a smile there. You 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 almost never see Scott unhinged like that, <laughs> unless you're reading Astonishing. Well, yeah. Yeah, in which case, and that's and that and that's a book in its own class, you know, far far and above. I think uh, the first class book. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You you have one that should be in the in the Louvre and one that should be you know, in the Lou. In the Lou. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Our, score. Our, our little boy has grown up. 
There you go. <laughs> right, right before our eyes. I, I love it when stuff like that happens. Good job, David. Thank you. Thank X- you. Thank X-23, you. Target X. I'm I'm pumped for this. Yeah, See, I was yeah. I was so waiting for some really crude comment from you, Vince. With no, Discover. no. Well, she is at that age. Thank it, you. It's yeah, like, it's, it, it's it's like this the shower scene in Carrie. You know, <laughs> Let, let's all throw maxi pads at her. But uh, as soon as I saw this page, I said, "What's Vince going to say?" And uh, this this Michael Choi and Sonia Obak out of nowhere. Has anybody? No, no, not not I. Not not beyond the the preview stuff. And and to be honest, I mean, you, even the uh, the preview stuff that I've I've seen. You know, I I think you know, getting the the confirmation from from people like you, at at least for me, uh, that you know the the art is uh, uh, well, you know, looks you know, pretty good quality and everything. It, it's made me add that to my my poll list. I think it's the perfect. Perfect marriage of line and color. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. it's re- really sharp. Yeah, I think he um, he's he's a gentleman who uh, came from the Top Cow School of Design. Get he's out! Some, uh, he's done some work on apparently the Darkness and Tomb Raider, uh, Witchblade, and um, I believe that that Hunter Killer series that uh, Silvestri has has worked on or has done. Wow. So yeah, so he's 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 a top cowboy. That's surprising. I tend not to like those the top cow stable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know in 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 looking at it kind of in light of of that, it it almost looks like maybe a, a little bit more of a of a of a softer line or a more organic line if uh you had like let's say Michael Michael Turner. Turner Turner's lines to me are you know, a little I don't know straighter, a little little harsher this right. you know has some some good you know well i know it's bad to say it looking at this picture but good curves to uh to the lines this this drawing doesn't look like it was it looks like it was grown instead yeah. of instead of etched you know it, it's mm-hmm. it has a very very organic quality to it i like it um we were talking earlier it's not over rendered no not yeah, at all you're right mm-hmm. and it's it's very scary because her throat's been cut. Yeah. Oh, really? Yep. Unless that's... I don't see why he would pull the hair across like that. That looks like her throat. Because there's, yeah. a, there's a, a faint little highlight on the flap of skin that would protrude beyond the bottom of the cut. See where it is, right? Well, yeah. you can't see what... Because you can't see what I'm pointing to. But, you know, that, that little <laughs> light area... Yeah, it looks like she's been slashed. Yeah. Because otherwise, where would all that blood be? Well, maybe she went berserk. Maybe she's in need of a maxi pad. I don't know. There you go. <laughs> you're, you're evil. Um, <laughs> Speaking of evil, how's Yeah. Going? Arthur sued him uh, again. Yeah. He, he, he's he got a, a corner on the creepy market. Yeah. And thought he planned enough where he made the the demon's head on the pitchfork actually looking. Yeah, that, that, yeah that's, down. that's really cool. And and from a personal standpoint, I I really have to say I, I you know thumbs up for the title for this you know this uh, this mini you know Equinox Part <laughs> Five. Hey, what can you ask? What more could you ask for? There you go. 
That's for you. Yeah, they, there we go. They, they knew this was going to happen, so they said, hey. <laughs> um, Let's hook them up. I, I didn't like the lighthearted air that I saw in the first issue, so I didn't buy into this series, but when it comes out in trade, we'll see. Yeah. I, I have a soft spot in my heart for Hellstrom. Why is it Hellstorm? Because I think he... Because even here it says Damon Hellstorm. It does. That's mm-hmm. not right. Yeah. He's a solicit. No. No, I, I've always, I've always referred to him as Damien Hellstrom. And, yeah. and well, it is Hellstrom, unless yeah. this is right. a new take on it. Yeah. And then I always thought it was Hellstorm, son of Satan. I, mm-hmm. I thought you would invert the, the letters in the name, like when he would change or whatever. But now, see, they're going against the the the, the norm on this. They actually list the inker, Klaus Jansen. Of course, they would if it's Klaus Jansen. Well, yeah, well, and they yeah. did, and they did in the first, but they don't do it in the in the main credits up top. No, they do it within within the solicit, and and I think they even listed him as anchor on the first issue four months ago when now, um, when the previews was out. Now, see if I knew it was Jansen, I would have. Yeah. Damn, yeah. Well, damn. They, they they had preview pages in the first uh, for the first issue. Did they? Yeah, yeah. that the first issue of the previews that uh, that that in the first previews we did, I believe they had the preview pages for issue one. Well, you live and learn, I guess. <laughs> That's what trades are for. Hi, bullpen Boltons. It's Chad here again, along with Mister Zombie. Oh, I don't have to tell you, it's that time of year again. It's feeling very festive. There's a chill in the air. It's very nippy outside. Why? Things are almost as cold as Mr. Zombie's hands. Did you hear that, Mr. Zombie? <laughs> yes, um, he's, he's laughing. Well, we thought that, you know, because it's that time of year, we'd uh, sing a little song, you know, something with a holiday feel to it, and you'll never guess. We were shopping down at the IKEA store, and who should we run into but Miss Yoko Ono? Yes, yeah, Mrs. John Lennon. It's unbelievable. And so he said, "You know, someone's someone's telling me that we should do this. See, she should help us sing this whole song. So we've invited her back here to the house, and she's going to help us sing." Yes, Yoko, come here. Yes. Yes, we're going to sing a little song. Here. Say hello to everyone. Here. Oh, my God. What the hell was that? That was singing? Oh, Jesus Christ. That We can't... No, no, no. I'd much rather even have Linda Eastman or something. Get the hell out of here. Oh, I'm so sorry about that. Well, it'll just be me and Mr. Zombie on this one, so we'll sing an an old standard for you, okay? One second. Ready, Mr. Zombie? Yes. All right, ready to go. One, two... One, two, three. Deck the halls with boughs of holly. Uh, uh, 
the season to be jolly. Don we now our gay apparel. Sing ancient yuletime carol. Oh, you were in very good voice there, Mr. Zombie. Well done. Well, season's greetings to you all, Bullpen Bolton. This is Chad and Mr. Zombie signing off saying, Believe Navidad. And here's an instance where a preview page has instigated me to buy, actually buy a title I normally would not have. I took one look at this Sean Martinborough art for Barracuda Max number one. I ha- I have to have this. It, and I, I have the issues of where Barracuda appeared in the Punisher Max story. I haven't read it yet, but I'm definitely buying this only because it ties into it. That's a great use of color. Yeah. Really neat. That's what Martinborough's always been really good at. It, it's very immediate. Just spur of the moment. You know, let's just use the color, see where, see what happens. And there's, uh, I don't know whether it was a happy accident or not, but I, I like the looseness of the the greenish blue up in the top panel. It's just, it's nice. It's, it's very, it has an urgency to it. But that's not you Martinborough know, on the. Yeah, page. that's yeah. what I was gonna say. Is it's isn't it Martinborough on the left on the cover? Oh, so it's Goran Par- uh, shit. Parlov. Goran Parlov. Yeah, good. But oh, you know, even would... even. Looking at both of them, it looks like uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe both of them read uh, some. Uh, was it John? Is it Bogdanove books? When John, they were younger? John, oh, 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 John Bogdanov. Yeah, yeah. Bogdanov. Yeah. Sorry, I think it it looks like Jordy Bernay. It's 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 got that that whole um, noirish look to it almost. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, on, on the uh, Barracuda on the cover looks like a roadblock from G.I. Joe. It, it's, That's exactly what I was thinking, too. <laughs> yeah, great minds. <laughs> it's very European. Oh, it definitely is. Yeah, the yeah. interior mm-hmm. definitely is. And yeah. this the, this one guy getting out of the car looks like uh, Paulie Walnuts from The Sopranos. I think Especially it, with <laughs> the wings in the back of his head. <laughs> it's like, looks like <laughs> Dr. Strange with a mat on. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I'm I'm in for this series. Anybody uh, reading wisdom? I am. I I read the first issue. I thought it was really sharp. Yeah, okay. so did I. So did I. Was uh, I thought Hairsign was doing the didn't did he do the interior on the first issue only because we have a new penciler on this one. Yeah. Yeah, this Garcia guy. And and Hair Hairsign never really struck me as a, a guy that would be able to to hit the mark as, as far as the deadlines, but. You know, when you, when you see his work, it's it's some good stuff. You'd hope for a mini series, as usual, that they would be able to have done the but yes, yeah, yeah, you're right. That's a neat and image. Garcia is a pretty a pretty decent artist, so mm-hmm. oh yeah. Well, and yeah, he did do all the issues of the uh, Ultimate Sinister Six mini from a couple of years back. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Yeah, as I guess well as the uh, all that all enough time. Yeah, as well as uh, was it uh, at least the first two or three for the Ultimate Nightmare? Yeah, yeah, I think it was three before the Steve Epting yeah. villain issue. 
Yeah, you had a bunch of artists on there. You had yeah, Arsan, you had uh Epting, you had Peterson, mm-hmm. McNiven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And let's just shove the the whole Britishness of the series down our throats. He's he's apparently has beaten a dragon to death with a cricket. Is it a mallet? Do they call it? What do they call it? A bat? A a cricket bat? Yeah. I don't know. And he's he's got a pint in his hand. <laughs> that that's kind of <laughs> neat. And if you look closely at the dragon, he sliced it to the point where the 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 fire inside of it is starting to come through on the where right where his shoe. Down the bottom of it, there's, there's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty. Oh, yeah. That's a nice little touch. And and how could you go wrong with a book that features Shang Chi? Well, I don't know. Is George <laughs> Fires going wrong? Yeah. <laughs> Is that that's featuring Shang Chi every month? Yeah, oh, you got me on that one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you, you called me out, and I backed the hell down, didn't I? Uh, <laughs> you're my woman. <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, skip over to page 85, unless anyone has anything to say about the Dable Brothers books. I'm not reading any of them. I'm not at the moment. I mean, my, my, my plate is plenty full. I mean, I'm, I'm glad to keep posting the news about all the sellouts and, and the second and, and, and umpteen printings. And, I mean, people are buying them. I think it's great. I, I'm, you know, I haven't really followed Brett Booth since he did, you know, the Grifter and Backlash miniseries for, for Image, so... I don't think his style has changed too much, but it's still it, it's still a neat looking line. Um, it, it, you know, it's, it's an adaptation of, of novels that um, you know we, we, we've talked about in the past, and they're selling. So I'm, I'm happy yeah. for that. And if anybody yeah. has anything to say, you know, if anybody has any uh, any criticism, good or bad, about the uh, about any of the, uh, the Davil Brothers stuff, um, you can by all means let us know on. Uh, on the form. And what's that website, Vince? Bullpenbulletinspodcast.com. And I would welcome anyone who's reading these books and enjoying them to, to uh, sign up, join our forum, and, and tell us why. Because I, I don't need much of a, uh, a push to, to pick up a book that someone else finds really good. If there's something yeah. I'm overlooking about these titles, and let us know. But I, I really don't think I'm the target for these. Yeah. Well, in from from personal experience, as far as I, I've picked the first first two issues of it of it up, but honestly, I, I haven't read them yet. They're they're in my stack. You know, I've got other books I want to get to before them. Um, but it, at my LCS, I actually have seen uh, you know real live you know young women that have come up come in to pick up the books. Oh, awesome! Uh, oh, so. It, at least, if 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 nothing else, you know, subject matter, uh, the author, you know, how the the books are presented. I mean, even on the the flip side, I mean, you know, the cover for number two is is that something that you know your your everyday average geek is going to be you know real interested in, in picking up a book because of that? To me, it, it screams out, you know, girls come come get this. Yeah. Um, so if if nothing else, if if it brings you know more readers in in, in the form of, of female readers, you know, more power to them. It looks very much in the in the Anne Rice Lestat vein, yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's like I said, I'm not the target. I'm just that that stuff is just totally beyond me. 
So, I'll say the one interesting yeah. thing that jumped out at me is Magician's Apprentice number six. Uh, Michael Levon Oming is doing uh, writing the adaptation. Of yeah, that. Yep. yeah, he's been writing mm-hmm. it since the first issue. Oh, yeah, has been. Mm-hmm. Yes, that, uh, that's how much I've been paying attention to it. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it it is a viable market, and any way they can make some inroads into uh, new and untapped readership, then hey. Go, I think it's I think it's a great yeah. partnership between the two of them. Yeah, go Marvel. Yeah. But uh, here is a book that I am reading and really enjoying. Oh man, yeah. Yeah, Ed Brubaker mm. and Sean Phillips' Criminal. It, it's it's almost too good because I, I'm waiting for it to to turn really yeah. because I, I can't imagine anyone continuing at this magnitude for any amount of time. It's just it's it's flawless. It really is. And it's, if it was the only thing he was writing, then then maybe you know it, it, you could see it writing out a little bit longer. But I mean, he's also he's co-writing Iron Fist, he's writing Captain America, he's writing Daredevil. I mean, it's almost and he's writing Uncanny X, and it's like he's doing so much with so many characters. It's like you know, is something going to suffer? And I pray to God it's not his creator on stuff. And I pray to God that it's, it's not criminal because this is such a damn good book. I don't think he'd let that happen. Yeah. Yeah, no, I not not you, not the criminally wouldn't. No, no. But where does that, where does that creative energy come from? How, what has this guy tapped into, and how has he done it? it? It boggles my mind to think that a writer can be this consistently good on this many titles. I think it. I think it has a lot to do with the creative team you're working with. He's got he's got Phillips on this. He's got Epting and Perkins on Cap. He's got Lark on Daredevil. I, you know, how do you? You know, if, if you work with good people, great stories are going to come. So you're saying that he's, I don't want to say leeching energy, but the the accomplishments of the artist side of it is fueling his creativity. That's a pretty neat concept that they're almost playing off each other where he gets to the point where he gets the pencils back for, or in this case, the finished art back for um, an issue he's written and he sees it and he says, you know, he just gets pumped up to do more good work. That's that's. I think I, I think it's possible. I mean, look at look, look at Lee and Kirby. I'm, I'm sure when you know when 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 Jack was done with the page and he handed it off to Stan, you know, I don't think Stan was like, all right, let me see what the hell I can have these characters say. He was probably you know probably plotted every time Kirby came in with a new page. Yeah, and you had and you had you have, you have Claremont with with Byrne and Cockrum and and Wolfman with Perez and I mean there, there've been a lot of great creative teams and I'm sure that they definitely play off each other. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm sure Stan was particularly jazzed to see how Jack turned his ten eleven words into a whole comic <laughs> book. <laughs> New but, villain. This is his name. Yeah, so there you go. Do something with a really tall guy. Okay, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, criminal. Oh, it's a. It, I know it. It sounds cliched, but it's a crime if you don't pick this up. It really is. Uh, didn't Sal say something along those lines? I'm sure he did. Yeah, probably. I'm it, sure he did. That, he, that's, was, he was probably aiming for that quote. Yeah, right? he he plant he yeah. planted the seed. And it, I believe. I mean, we've had a few people that 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 took Pat and Dan up on their uh, on their criminal giveaways mm-hmm. and. If, good or bad, whether you liked it or didn't, let us know. Stop by the forum and say, you know, listen, I read the first issue. Dan sent it to me for nothing. Very I'm generous. Every issue from here on out, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
you know, I mean, it's 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 a great story to begin with. If 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 you read the first couple, if you read the first issue, didn't care for it, you know, let us know. If if, if you read it and said, you know, I, I gave it a shot because you know you guys just get rambling on about it, let us know. We've had a few people mention that you know they 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 picked it up based on our recommendation and and everybody seems to be enjoying it. I haven't, I think I saw one post someone wrote that um, they were. They weren't. They're not real keen on crime comics to begin with, so they uh, they gave the first issue a shot. I believe they gave the first issue a shot. I don't want to say that they gave it. A, that they just passed over it because they didn't want to bother. But uh, I really haven't seen too many people say, "Yeah, you know, I tried it, but it really wasn't." For me. I don't. I don't see how anyone mature enough to understand the book. I don't see how they wouldn't like it because it's it's so accomplished that it's it's almost. It's it's bulletproof. It's 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 review proof. It's just so damn good. It's like a it's like a next generation comic. It's totally different from anything out there, and it's. Well, it's like what uh, Warren Ellis said right here on the quote for it. Yeah, F yep. star, it's F star 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 good. <laughs> so. Sank Britskeg's good and Another book that I have heard described as F star 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 in good is uh, Powers and I have to admit it I've never read an issue of Powers nor have I yeah so neither have I uh, I guess I'm the only one here who has though yeah. so I'm uh, now tell, tell me why tell me why I should be reading Powers or at least should be catching up on it via the trades I would say in ways it's similar to Criminal in that it takes you know it's taking kind of the flip side, a, a cop story, but it's infusing the superhero aspect with it in just mm-hmm. a way that I don't think has ever really been seen before. And uh, I think this is... We get used to Bendis on, on things like Daredevil and New or New Avengers that seem kind of just to be playing around with toys. But I think he takes a lot of storytelling chances really with the series. Now, I haven't read... Since it moved to Marvel, I, I've, I switched to trade, so I think there's only been one Marvel trade on it. Mm-hmm. But uh, but he takes a lot... Of, they, or him and Omi, I think, take a lot of interesting storytelling chances. Like, the first series, I think, was 35 issues. But it actually, within the span of these characters, has to be close to a 10 and a 10 or 11 year story he never oh. comes out and says it he just lets you figure it out by how you see some characters pop in and out um, hmm. which was an interesting thing you've got this 
character who was introduced in the first issue as like an eight-year-old girl. And by the last story, she kind of disappears after the first story arc. But then in the last one, she uh, she shows up again, and she's like a 16, 17-year-old girl. And you have no idea, really, that uh, this passage of time has happened. Uh, and then I, I think, so I think it's the chances like that. Um, now he's taking it into some really different places. You think it's, okay, when it first came out, it was kind of like, okay, it's something like NYPD Blue with superheroes or something. Mm-hmm. But he even turns that on its head at, at points. And uh, As long as it doesn't and, go Cop Rocks superheroes, then I'm fine. <laughs> no, I don't injustice. think there's, Yeah, I don't think there's been any uh, music or dancing scenes yet. Though I don't, he <laughs> could pull that off sometime. I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt that he would do that. I've heard um, the, I think it's the first trade, Who Killed Retro Girl? Yeah. I, I've heard that described as a work of genius. Do you, is that a fitting tag for that book? I, I would say I would say close to. I don't know if I would go all the way as a work of genius. Um, I think I, I think some of the later stuff, you see you see the groundwork in the first one. It's uh, you really see the two of them uh, figuring out what they're doing in the first issue or in the first trade uh, from Oming trying to do a more simplified cartoony style uh, that at first looks almost at the time it looked really nice but when you go back compared to what he does now it almost looks somewhat clunky um, but I would say a lot of the a lot of what they do is you know, when it first came out, you didn't have a lot of cop or crime stories and comics, really. So I think they were a bit revolutionary that way. At least at the time, it was. I remember this coming out, then you over at DC, shortly after you had something like uh, Gotham Central came out, and you started to see this this crime or cop stories developing more, becoming a slight bit more popular. So I think they were kind of ahead of the curve there a bit. And, and Oming's art is just great yeah. to, to uh, enjoy. I was just going to say that. The the man has an instantly recognizable, just almost, yeah. Just you say see, it, aren't you? I, what was I going to say? <laughs> Go on and say it. No, I want you to tell me what I was going to say, just in case I, uh, well, what? Uh, I, I, a, a distinguishable style reminiscent of Kirby. Well, if you're going to take inspiration, you might as well take it from the best. So. Yeah, yes. I think I'll, I'll definitely flip through the first trade next time I'm at the... Uh, I always see the, the image and the icon trades at, um, at Barnes & Noble for Powers. So uh, I, might, I might flip through the first volume if they, if they have it. Um, I can... Uh, I, I have... Uh, I have faith in 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 Scott's Scott's opinions and in his critiques. Oh, I mean, the man, the man not only is a Matt Wagner fan, but he's also enjoying the hell out of uh, Fantastic for the end. So you can't go wrong right there. Yeah, yeah, there you go. And uh, is the book in color or is it in black and white? Oh, it's color. Is it full color or is it minimal like this image? No, like- it's it's full color. Oh, okay, cool. This is this is um, be. I think this is the cover, and the other interesting thing they do is uh, 
a lot of different design work on the cover, borrowing one storyline, try to design covers uh, that look like uh, grocery store checkout lane tabloid magazines, National yeah, Enquirer, yeah. the Weekly mm-hmm. World News. Another series, they took uh, a lot of classic uh, rock album covers and kind of and made a... Uh, and use those as their models. So the design that goes into this book is really nice. Well, they had one recently that looked like a uh, a sticker set. Yeah. Yep. yep. I'm going to have to pick me up some powers. Might have to hit the. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to probably yeah. have to. Um, I, I I can't. Hit the bizarre. Yeah. Excellent. You sold me, Scott. Okay. <laughs> it's a, it's like, fine. I guess I'm, sure. Why not? Yeah. So any, uh, any statues this month? Oh, I really like the Marvel Select uh, Brood and Scrawl, the Alien Legends. Yeah. I really yeah. like those. Those are nice. Mm-hmm. That Scrawl is dead on, and you know, <laughs> yeah, I, that Scrawl is freaky. I I almost want to buy like, you know, ten or twelve of these things so I can have a Brood army. <laughs> <laughs> but I have the old Brood, f- way back when that they, the 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 X Men line from. Uh, Toy Biz released, and it's nothing like that. That's just mm. really neat. The uh, good stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh. the, the special edition Wolverine from Frank Miller's cover was is, is pretty neat. I like the coloring on that, the effects they gave it. Almost looks like it needs a black light to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But speaking of Frank Miller, I'm the yeah. bust for the month of uh, February. Oh, uh, yeah. I I have them, so I'm passing on this, but. If anybody wants to DCBS, I am so tempted, but I, I yeah. don't think I'm gonna. If anybody wants a crash course in in Frank Miller at the top of his game and and how this man almost single handedly revolutionized, yeah, let's go the distance comics. Yeah. Uh, this is the series to pick up. Yeah, it's a lot all, of good stuff there. A lot of good stuff. Yep, what a team, Miller and Jansen, the same team that produced the Dark Knight Returns. This is the. Uh, the the gestation stage I think of their uh, team up which they pretty much perfected for Dark Knight Returns but that's not to say that this isn't is inferior to that it's not it's just of a different type of illustration it, Miller wasn't nearly as loose on Daredevil as he was on Dark Knight but this yeah. this stuff well, is and, just and and then you know it, it it probably holds true for for not only the the art but also the story you know with with daredevil he you know was was basically having to write his stories within the the scope of the the continuity of the character at the time whereas you know with with the dark knight even though you've got that that iconic figure you're you're dealing with him you know kind of in a, a what if situation you know beyond where he's he's normally at so you can you know play around with it a little bit as far as the visual presentation and also the storytelling i think mm-hmm. and looking at this cover you know what i miss I miss the craft tint paper. See that? Yeah. That Eastman and Laird used it all the time in the early issues of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I, I wish more artists would use this. I don't even know if it's still available today. Um, are you familiar with what you had to do to get that effect? There, mm-hmm. there would be two different developers' uh, solutions, and depending on which one you used, if you painted one on the paper, you would get, uh, say, a line that maybe a 45-degree angle line. See, in the... The, the lines on his on his bicep and then if you painted yeah. if you used the other solution it would produce a line in the opposite direction 
So you can almost do cross hatching, which is brushing it on. It, it's a real neat tool, and I, don't, I haven't seen it anywhere lately. It's interesting that um, yeah. that, that, that you even mentioned Eastman and Laird with, with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, because who was their inspiration for their series? Could have been Frank Miller, yeah. <laughs> definitely Frank Miller. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it, it, it's it's a neat little effect. Steve Bissett used it a lot, too, and uh, it's something that I, I miss. I, I'd, I'd like to see it used again. But with today's... With all the Photoshop, yeah. Yep. Yes, yeah, so I was just going to yeah. say, with all the, the digital coloring artists we have today, there's not much call for it. But I, I could see a, maybe a period piece use it. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm just an old fart. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> and, and on the right-hand side, we have even more Daredevil. Yep. Two slackers worked on this. Yeah. Yeah. Gene Cole. Gene. Gene. Young Gun, right? Oh, yeah. (laughs) And just to give our our buddy. Forever Young. (laughs) Just to give our buddies over at Around Comics a little shout out, uh, pay close attention to their show because they have an interview coming up with Gene Cole and himself. Nice. Talk about score. score. Yeah. Did they say that's next week's? I'm pretty sure. Yes, this week is. uh, yeah, I believe it's next. It's yeah. going to be next Thursday's episode. Yeah, because this this Thursday they're uh, they're releasing the Jason Aaron interview, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they'll be talking. Yeah. To, they'll probably be talking to him this Friday. They'll be releasing it next Thursday. You witness the best at what they do with a a master artist, master craftsman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, how can you go wrong? And uh, we're witnessing the initial rollout of the Civil War hardcovers. And what's interesting is that it's the Civil War premiere hardcover with the new Avengers storyline, but they're going with the volume numbering. They're they're just continuing the numbering that they've been doing with the new Avengers run, and so it's New Avengers Volume Five, but it's a Civil War story. Right. I would bet that the spine says Civil War. Oh, I'm sure. Fairly prominently, yeah. so that you know you can line them all up on the. People tend to to get pissed off when they change the spines, like the. Oh yes, they do. I, I don't yeah. get that at all. Maybe it's just me. I, I'm a little too laid back for my own good, but I I could not care less what's on the spine of the book. It, it, you know, it's the art I care about. But yeah, there there are a lot of people that that does irk. Uh, do we have any of those people in in residence right now? Not I. Not I. <laughs> David. Although I've heard I, I've no, heard I'm, a certain I'm f- occasionally for some reason it's one of those things I look and go ah. But like I kind of like. Uh, <laughs> with covers, trade dressing to be similar to spines, you can take or leave. Yeah, I remember. Well, I mean, it might it might depend. If 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 I had like four, if I had five of the last Fantastic Four trades, and the third or fourth one, where it says Marvel isn't with a white background and red lettering, and it's just like further down the spine or something. I mean, if, if some just if if one item maybe looked off or they didn't. I might have gotten an older edition or just something like that, then, yeah, I mean, it's not going to bug me and make me pull my hair out, but I'm going to be like, well, I can shove something in front of it. I can pose my extra figures in front of that issue. Yeah. And uh, line those Daredevil hardcovers you just got up, buddy. And take, I plan on it. And take a look at how they line up. I think one, I think it's either the first or second volume, the Daredevil, the actual word Daredevil is down a little bit lower than the other it ones. It is. I yeah. saw that already. Yeah. And I, it's I re- a little wider. I remember yeah. some guys complaining online about that. I was just like, jeez, <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. But, what, you know, what are you going to do? 
Listen, if your friend in Las Vegas is looking for a stage hypnotist that looks like a stage hypnotist, sounds and acts like a stage hypnotist, with a completely unique adult-oriented show, I'm the man for this job. If your friend wants shock, unbelievable excitement, uncontrolled laughter, then like I said, here I am. I sent a few pictures along with this tape. This is what I look like. Do I look like a hypnotist with a definite ability to entertain and control an audience? I sure do. In the largest photo, you'll see one of my freestanding lighted full-size six-foot signs of myself. Five of these would be placed throughout the casino, making the patrons aware of the, my performance in the hotel. These are, I hope you can tell, first class in quality. Also, you can see part of my custom stage curtain. Dramatic, isn't it? Now take a look at the right of the picture. Notice one of my custom chairs? Slick, isn't it? And we're into the Annihilation hardcovers now, too, with book one. Yes, and I was, I was um, all set to, to plop down and, and get the trades, but thanks to, uh, thanks to Troy down in Louisiana, I, um, I'll, I'll catch up on the on the prologue minis and um i think i'll i think i'll read those once i finish once the last issue of annihilation once number six comes out and then i'll um i'll go back and read these and then go back and and go back into the uh into the annihilation mini and then finish it up with that yeah, it's a really great series. I mean, I'm such a sucker for the cosmic Marvel. I don't, I don't care if they were sitting around playing poker. I, I would still read the series. Just you know, <laughs> Thanos getting pissed off because he didn't draw what he needed. Um, uh, th- this book contains Drax, the Destroyer, one to four, the Prologue, and Nova, one to four. I don't think that was the wisest choice to combine Drax with Nova. Uh, well, it all has Silver to do Surfer with. Uh, no, I think it, it. I understand from the character standpoint, but don't forget every every annihilation issue has a uh, it. There's a timeline to follow, so it's it's the chronological storytelling of the of the series. So I think they're doing it in the way they happened. Right, but Since when you look at the timeline, none of these events happen anywhere near each other, as far as the miniseries go. And the Drax mm. wasn't originally an Annihilation miniseries. That was the one from a couple of years ago, right? Yes. So. Right, you're right. I, you're right, because Annihilation was uh, Nova, Silver Surfer, Skrull, and Ronin. Yep. Yeah, so this is the one oh. that uh, Giffen did like after, uh, after the Thanos series. Ah. Which I know, supposedly, it sounds like some of the characters crossover and you find out how uh, Drax becomes you know, the Drax that we have now. But Right, which was a really cool miniseries. Neat. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's a neat read. Let's be honest, Drax has been mishandled a lot in the past Yeah, by everybody but Peter David and Jim Starlin. But yeah. I think this brings a, a a real menacing quality to the character again. He's yeah. he's he's actually pretty much a, a vicious you know war machine now, where before he was a big dope. Yeah. yeah. But but under Peter David that worked to a certain extent. But yeah, I I, I really liked the miniseries. I I really liked the Nova series with Kev Walker's art. If you're a fan of the Games Workshop stuff. The Warhammer 40K, Kev Walker is 
all over the place in those books and he is he does uh, art for magic arts too he's just a phenomenal painter and when i when i heard that he was doing a miniseries a comics miniseries i thought oh we're going to get a fully painted miniseries but no it's line work and it's really nice really nice work check that out and for 29.99 dcbs will probably have it for what about 17 how can you go wrong yeah. Oh, yeah, I would guess that. Yeah. yeah. Another incredible series, getting the hardcover treatment, is Dwayne McDuffie and Scott Collins Beyond. Nice. I, I really like this series. Yeah. See, and I I missed the boat on that, and you know, with the with the uh, the discount on this, it, I'll probably have to pick this one up. Yeah, you won't be sorry. No, you won't. No, and I, yeah, I, I missed. Uh, still waiting to get the sixth issue but once i do i'll be yeah i, I can't wait to finish it did you get the same jolt you got from secret wars from, yes it, it, it was just this gosh golly holy crap look at this i'm having so much fun reading this comic I don't know what can happen right um medusa is really mysterious in this series just really aloof and everything medusa should be and the the hood not a character i encountered before i didn't buy the max miniseries and uh, i like that character a lot okay and uh, the only character in the book that i'm not all that hot about is the wasp and i've never been all that hot on janet she's in my mind she's the the ultimate supporting character see and i i enjoyed how uh how she was written in uh avengers forever yeah, you know, regular series I can I can give and take, but I I thought she got a good treatment in Avengers Forever. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Avengers Forever, and then from the earlier uh, Roger Stern's run on Avengers, and yeah, yeah, and the Busick Perez. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, Janet's always been she's like she's like Super Mom. Or without the kids, she's she's just like the supporting character. Yeah, they use her to good extent once in a while, but I, I I don't see what the attraction with that character is. But that's probably me. Probably yeah. it, she does have boobies. Go figure. I you think I'd be like, yeah, all right, bring me more wasp. But <laughs> I, I just don't know. It, it, it's the same thing with um, David. We were mentioning about Monica Rambeau, uh, okay. Captain Marvel. It's just another one of those characters. It's just you know when she was in the Avengers, it's like ah. Yeah, whatever. I, okay. Uh, but yeah, that could be me. It probably is. Let's be honest about it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to have to pass on the Stanley Meets hardcover. Well, I I'll have second. the issues. I'll second. I, I, I yeah. have the issues. So. You bought them all. I, I believe I have the thing waiting for me at the shop, and the next one after that was Silver Surfer, and, and I'm pretty sure that one's waiting for me, too. Did you like but any I, of them? I have them, too. I enjoyed the hell out of Spider-Man. I loved the Doctor Strange, if, if uh, especially for the Alan Davis artwork on the main story. Um, there was, there was what? There was, there was four of them. There was Spidey, the Thing, thing Silver Doc- Surfer, Doctor Doom. There was right the Doctor Doom one. I haven't read yet either. I haven't got yeah. it. Yeah, and Doctor Strange. Yeah, but the Doctor Strange one's great because you got the uh, Alan Davis artwork. Oh. Um, Alan Davis, <laughs> and uh, and it's a pretty neat Impossible Man story in one of them also, with uh, with Bagley art, which uh, I think we, that's we, Doctor Strange one. Scott, have they mentioned right. Jack in any of them? No, mm-hmm. no, they haven't really mentioned anyone other than uh, Stan in any of them, which is right. probably one of the many oversights of it. And they 
they walk this weird line between being very reverential and just, you know, taking a complete, uh, complete piss on everything that's happened since Stan wrote stuff. So I can't figure out whether it's Marvel now saying, okay, we're honoring Stan, or whether it's them saying, okay, that was quaint for its time, but... Yeah. And the thing that he supposedly wrote these, it kind of makes your head mm. just go, what's he doing here? Where he's writing stories about himself <laughs> and giving, like, life advice to Spider-Man. I don't know. Which is kind of neat, you know, the, breaking the fourth wall type thing and actually putting a real person in with his creations. That's that's Alan Moore, Grant Morrison type territory, which is, I can, I, I yeah, I, I, that would be the attraction for me. But let's be let's, honest. If yeah, but Stan, in their case, in their case, they're not they're not pointing themselves out as as the the target of you know. Once that character breaks the fourth wall, it's you know kind of more. I think the character meeting their creator as opposed to meeting the writer themselves. But you don't even the the really weird thing with this series is you don't even really get the character as you know them. You get them through this really strange filter that makes them that they're different I'm trying to think of for example well like the Doctor Strange one it's supposedly that years after Stan has written Doctor Strange Stephen Strange has had to resort to uh, opening up his Sanctum Sanctorum as some kind of hard rock cafe of magic (laughs) and he has uh, yeah and it's, it's it's up it's up to Stan to try to set him right and say, well, but don't you remember the good old days when you actually fought crime? Oh, Stan, oh. that's that's uh, those were the simple days, yeah. And it's, See, it's, so it's not like their meet like Stan is you know trying to meet uh, and help him fight uh, Dramu or something. It's just kind of going, wow, this is nothing like I remember it being. See now with with some with something like that, okay. First off, now I, I really am going to avoid this book, and and secondly, when when the Stanley uh, Fantastic Four the End series comes out, I, I seriously will think about taking a, a bottle of white out and just covering up the word balloons so I can just have the JRJR art to look at. <laughs> but I'll say for as weird as I'm making the sound, and I don't know whether it was the kind of the can't take your eyes off the car accident mentality. But the, especially the first couple of these, I really enjoyed. The Spider-Man and the Doctor Strange are really, some strange reason, really good. Hmm. But you just you can't go into them thinking you know what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Well, they are a love letter to Stanley and a and a and a a tribute to what he has done for Marvel. But on the other hand. You, Stan would not have accomplished as much as he did without Jack. Yeah, yeah, and that was the thing that really threw me off. There's no, and even as well as you have the main stories, you've got like backup stories by a lot of current artists, kind of again singing Stan's praises. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's no mention of yeah, Jack. There's no Steve Ditko talked about or Gene or or Gene or anything. Yeah. It's just kind of like okay, when are you going to celebrate these guys' uh, and anniversary it, it, or it, it hard work? 
it, yeah, it would have been really cool if they somehow worked it into the story where, you know, Jack, Stan gets a phone call and it's Jack or something. Just yeah. put a put a little bit of a of a mysterious quality to it, like when does this take place or you know like uh, you know he he. He sees Gene walking down the street. That would, I mean, even if it was just like one or two panels, but it is a um, a thank you gift to Stan for all his years of service to the company. So I guess we really can't expect that, but it would have been a nice little touch. Yeah, and that's a that's a great cover by uh, Mister Copiel. I like that yeah. cover a lot. Mm-hmm. See, Stan's the magic man. Just just <laughs> sprinkling his pixie dust. Yeah, so I was just gonna say, look at that. You know, that's illegal in, like, I think, 47 states. <laughs> but Just setting up for the great uh, Frank Zappa. As you know, I'm not the kind of a person that reads books. I've said this before many times. I'm not fond of reading. But I do. I have in the past made exceptions. And uh, one of these exceptions was this part of the, the book that I'm sure you know called Naked Lunch. And I have received permission to read the part about the talking asshole. So... Before I do, uh, I discussed with Mr. Burroughs before we came out here some of the details that led to the construction of this section of the book. I asked him where he got the idea for this part, and he said that it was derived from the ventriloquist scene in The Dead of Night, if you know that film. And I had a little bit of trouble following that for a moment there until he made it all very clear to me by saying that... uh, it was like uh, when you have a ventriloquist dummy and suddenly the dummy starts talking for you. And so with that introduction, I start on page 132 and it goes like this. <clears throat> Did I ever tell you about the man who taught his asshole to talk? His whole abdomen would move up and down, you dig, farting out the words. It was unlike anything I ever heard. This ass talk had a sort of gut frequency. It hit you right down there like you gotta go. You know when the old colon gives you the elbow and it feels sort of cold inside? And you know all you have to do is turn loose? Well, this talking hit you right down there. A bubbly, thick, stagnant sound. A sound you could smell. This man worked for a carnival, you dig. And to start with, it was like a novelty ventriloquist act. Real funny, too, at first. He had a number he called the Better O that was a scream, I tell you. I forget most of it, but it was clever, like, Oh, I say, are you still down there, old thing? Nah, I had to go relieve myself. After a while, the ass started talking on its own. 
He would go in without anything prepared, and his ass would ad-lib and toss the gags back at him every time. Then it developed sort of teeth-like little raspy, incurving hooks and started eating. He thought this was cute at first and built an act around it, but the asshole would eat its way through his pants and start talking on the street, shouting out it wanted equal rights. It would get drunk, too, and have crying jags, nobody loved it, and, and, wanted to, and it wanted to be kissed, same as any other mouth. Finally, it talked all the time, day and night. You could hear him for blocks screaming at it to shut up, and beating it with his fist and sticking candles up it. But nothing did any good, and the asshole said to him, It's you who will shut up in the end. Not me, because we don't need you around here anymore. I can talk and eat and shit. After that, he began waking up in the morning with a transparent jelly like a tadpole's tail all over his mouth. This jelly was what the scientists call UNDT, undifferentiated tissue, <clears throat> which can grow into any kind of flesh on the human body. He would tear it off his mouth and the pieces would stick to his hands like burning gasoline jelly and grow there, grow anywhere on him. Grow anywhere on him a glob of it fell. So finally his mouth sealed over and the whole head would have amputated spontaneous. Did you know there is a condition occurs in parts of Africa and only among Negroes where the little toe amputates spontaneously? Except for the eyes, you dig? That's the one thing the asshole couldn't do was see. It needed the eyes. But nerve connections were blocked and infiltrated and atrophied, so the brain couldn't give orders anymore. It was trapped in the skull, sealed off. For a while, you could see the silent, helpless suffering of the brain behind the eyes. Then finally, the brain must have died because the eyes went out, and there was no more feeling in them than a crab's eye on the end of a stalk. If we can jump ahead a little bit to the essentials, I think there's two really great choices this month with The Essential Ms. Marvel and another volume, the third actually, in Essential Peter Parker. And who did that cover, David, on the that uh, Peter Parker issue right there? The Essential Peter Parker, that would have to be Mr. Frank Miller. Yeah. Yep. It was so odd to see Frank draw Spider-Man. Yeah. Just totally out of the realm of what you know we've come to know him now for but uh, i think frank did a decent job and that mm -hmm. that spider-man is yeah. you can see traces of his ronin in there yep yeah yep. yeah yeah i agree so uh i ordered both of them uh when i when i i i probably have all the issues but i i really like the luxury of walking over to the bookcase, pulling off uh, an essential, and just sitting down with 25 issues of, you know, in this case, maybe late Bronze Age, early Modern Age comics. And it, even though they're in black and white, I get to see the line art the way it was originally intended. Yeah. And Sal Basima, Chick Stone, Frank Springer, Mike Zack. It, Marie Severin, I, John Romita Jr., just one name. John Byrne, Rick Leonardo. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. it, the, I think 
whoever instigated the essential line should I hope they they received a a, a big promotion because I think it's one of the best things Marvel has done in the last ten years. Yeah, yeah I agree. It's it's odd these days where you get uh, an extreme value for your money, and th- that's exactly what the uh, essentials are. You get a a boatload of comics for not a whole hell of a lot of money, especially if you subscribe to some kind of service with a discount. I mean, you can really pick these things up for like. Eleven bucks, ten bucks. Yeah. Sometimes, that's that's just money in the bank. Yeah, I do want to jump back a page or two, since we're talking about Civil War. Uh, I guess I know what's coming. Well, no, page one hundred. Oh, really? Trade. You have the trade for Civil War, the road to Civil War, which will include the Amazing Spider-Man issues five twenty-nine and five thirty-one, Fantastic Four five thirty-six and thirty-seven, and the new Avengers Illuminati one-shot. So. Mm-hmm. They're going to give us the road to Civil War in its own trade, and then they're going to do the Civil War runs that the individual series were. Mm-hmm. We're going to have in hardcover, or do you think they might do Civil War in trade format in the way the series was told chronologically? I'm, I'm just throwing it out there to anybody that wants to answer, whether here or, or, or on the board. But it just strikes me a little odd that we'll get this trade this month with a couple of hardcovers. By the way, we're looking into the future earlier. It looks like the uh, other Civil War stuff is probably going to be the next month with just trades. So not hardcover? Not hardcovers. Interesting. Mm. I think that's even, that's uh, really odd. For the do you think they'll have, you think they'll have the, the Civil War series proper in, in hardcover? Definitely. With, with all the supporting stuff in softback or the paperback yeah at least what i think is the next month i think even uh the main civil war title was uh going to be just in a, in a trade so why would the new avengers issues get a hardcover and something like ms marvel because those were the series that already had hardcover series going and i would think oh okay okay yeah, yeah. Right. That's, You're right. that's what my guess would be since there has been for Avengers and and one uh, Ms. Marvel hardcover where Spider-Man and Fantastic... Well, Fantastic Four did have a hardcover for the first uh, of Straczynski's issues, so mm-hmm. why they didn't continue that? I don't know. And and these are those, those wonderful Fantastic Four issues that enabled Reed to make a technological weapon from Thor's hammer... <laughs> oh, it's also there are also the issues of the Fantastic Four where Thing and Hulk had a fight leading to the Illuminati to trick Bruce Banner into going up to the satellite. Yeah. Which led the way for Planet Hulk, which is very good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh I, I I think they're they're I know how this uh, this the Hulk battle from 529 to 531. No, I'm sorry. The Hulk battle from... See, I'm going to have to scratch. This is not the hammer issue. No, the hammer issue uh, yeah, came so, after. It's like 539. Yeah, you should have smacked me around for that. Um, I, I understand that they had to put the Hulk and the Thing battle, which led into Planet Hulk, but that, to me, is not a precursor to Civil War. That's a precursor to uh, Planet Hulk, so... I don't know. Mm, at least, at well, least from our maybe now. Wait a minute, aren't these yeah. the uh, Doctor Doom issues with uh, the hammer? See, that's what I thought. You know what? They they might be. They they really might be. Wait, let me check something. Because yeah, that that I, would, I would 
that I you would think these would be the ones where they have where they found uh, so then Thor's hammer out of the yeah, desert yeah, or so, whatever. Okay. Yeah, so that is the precursor then. So then you were right. Yeah. So Why? Well, look at you go. Well, I, I got lucky because I don't remember issue numbers. This is true. You don't. Yeah, I don't. 536 and 537 of the Fantastic Four, they were really good issues. They were, that I think that they were two of Straczynski's better issues in his run so far. An army of Doombots and Thor's hammer and <laughs> what's not to love? Yeah. E- even though McCone drew it, and like I said, I, I really don't think he was the right man for the job, but he, he did a, an admirable job. He, he, d- he draws a very good Doctor Doom. But yeah, uh, yeah. And if this mm-hmm. is fourteen ninety nine, you're going to be able to pick this up for a song. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And Alex Malieve's Illuminati issue is just outstanding. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, I was, I was really impressed because I never really was uh, hadn't seen too much of his artwork before then, and I was I was I was, I was quite pleased. Yep. Mm-hmm. Bendis is definitely the star of this book. Yeah. Not to slight Straczynski, those his issues are like I said, Fantastic Four was really good. The Spider Man issues were were yeah. solid, but it's that Illuminati one shot that's really, really, I thought powerful stuff. Black Bolt didn't say much though, but you know. yeah, he keeps a lot to himself. Page one hundred five, Excalibur Classic Volume Three. <laughs> uh, you see, were waiting for that. You, you were you were just on the delay a little bit. But I knew that was coming. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. See, when I, I went too far back, see. <laughs> yeah, um, those issues are great. Yeah, Cross I love that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Some said that uh, it went on a little bit too long, but I didn't mind. Yeah. No. No. It was yeah. a lot of fun. Oh yeah. It was a lot of fun when Indeed. those original issues came out. It. It was almost Exiles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Really sharp stuff. Great art. Yeah. Just really good writing by Claremont. There's some Leonardi in there and and Ron Lim and I don't remember Dennis Jensen. No, I don't either. He might have been an inker. Yeah. Rick Leonardi and Ron. Well, yeah. I don't know. I don't know because Leonardi's a penciler and so is Lim, so it's hard to say. Where's Leonardi been these days? He's fantastic. He, he's doing an issue of I believe the Superman or Action Comics featuring focusing on crypto. Huh. Um, I guess I won't I read it. He's he's doing, I think he's doing a uh, JLA classified that. Uh, Sean Phillips is actually inking. That's nice. supposed to be coming out sometime in the next year. I had the Dark Phoenix X-Men poster on my wall for years. Years and years that, that he did. I just, I love that image. And he does such good work. And Cloak and Dagger. Yep. yep. And the uh, and X-Men, Uncanny X-Men 201, who shall lead them. Yeah. I almost forgot about that. I don't know why. I can't. <laughs> and there's speaking... And, and of course, Spider-Man 2099. <laughs> yep. Good old Miguel. That's the good Miguel. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> the Miguel of our universe is nasty. <laughs> and uh, if I could just get one little plug, and this is all I'm going to say, if you haven't read any of Alex Ross and Jim Kruger's The Universe X stuff... Oh, you, if you have to skip a car payment, get it. it it's, it's Elseworlds to the max. I love this series. Just repeated readings uncover nuggets that I haven't. I've never. I didn't even consider the first time around or or notice. It's just and Alex Ross has taken 
sort of a backseat. I mean, mm-hmm. I think he did just the, yeah. the character designs for this. And Braithwaite and uh, Yates and Randall and Anderson, you know, did the lion's share of the art. And, oh, it, Braithwaite is just a, a, a stellar talent, as we can see from Justice. Yeah. And uh, this is not so painterly, but it's more more rendering, more... Uh, there, there's a lot of line work in this. It's just superb stuff. And the story will knock you on your ass. But start from Earth X. So you have a little bit to read. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <sighs> David. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I have it. It's right here. Fuckers. It's, 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 it's piled up with everything else. Earth X <laughs> is a meaty, meaty read. There's no way. I, I, I would challenge anybody to read Earth X in one sitting and get the whole story. It's It's that deep. Can't be done. Okay. If you say so. So uh, that looks like that's it. That's all she wrote for this one. I think so. I think so. Yeah. Excellent. Wonder if uh, huh? wonder if Central get the Clayton Crane Ghostwriter poster. Doesn't it look like they they doused the the skull with kerosene? Yeah. That that's really yeah. neat. But I'm really loving this Angel Medina poster. Oh, that's very nice. Yeah. yeah. I'm very thinking. Nice. I'm thinking I'm gonna have to get that. And I'm 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 so loving the fact that you got the red and blue Spidey back there. Yep, it's only a matter of time. That'll be back. Oh, but uh, I'm gonna in, in, enjoy the black costume while we have it. Mm-hmm. Yep. So there you go. Hey, Vincent, David, Scott Cedarland here. Just calling to leave a quick message about the. Uh, Marvel previews the December for February 2007. Uh, I don't know if you guys had caught this at all when you were going through the book, but as I was going through last night to do my orders, now the uh, solicitation for Ghost Rider number eight caught my eye. Now you know I've lived most of my life around the Chicagoland area. I've uh, I know the southern suburbs. I know the western suburbs. I've lived in both fairly, you know, familiar with the North Suburbs. But when I get to the solicitation, the title of the issue is called The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, Illinois, which, you know, it's almost selling me just on that name alone. But but then it starts out the actual description. In a small town northeast of Chicago, people are losing their heads, literally. Now I think to myself, Northeast of Chicago. Northeast of Chicago. What towns are northeast of Chicago? Then it hits me. Lake Michigan is northeast of Chicago. The the next town, like northeast of Chicago, is somewhere in Michigan, like Holland, Michigan, or or something like that. There is no northeast. So, you know, Daniel Way almost had me this close to buying a book of his. Except for stupid geography. So, I just wanted to share that with you. Hope you guys are having a great time with your podcast. Later. Bye. Well, gentlemen, thank you for joining us. Once again, Chris Chavez, a.k.a. Equinox. Always a pleasure to have you on. Hey, thank you. It's been a ball. Hey. And uh, Scott Searland, Wednesday's Hall. Always good. Always there for you. Oh, thanks. It's been a lot of fun. Like we always say, anytime you guys want in, just say the word and you can do this with us again. 
How does next Tuesday night at 8 o'clock sound? Awesome. David's away, so, you know, we can oh. maybe... Oh. <laughs> uh, 8 o'clock whose time? <laughs> so what would we pick? <laughs> well... I'm not, yeah, I'm not available do. until 11. Let's do your choice. Oh, no, that's good, Scott. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? It would so suck yeah. if, if, if people's member IDs got deleted on the phone. I, I was just going to say that. I'll go to log in tomorrow and it was like... <laughs> My life support is gone. So. <laughs> and uh, let's do a little bit of a shout-out for this comic space thing. Why don't you, yes, you? indeed. Yeah. That's, that's, Another that's great time stuff. waster. Yeah, well, yeah, well time waster. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Vince, how many friends do you have? I, I have... I have 300? I have exactly oh, wow. 328 friends. Jeez. And all of them I know personally. So. And all of them were done today. <laughs> God, I feel like such a loser now. I'm only at 94. Uh, it, this is all right. I got to get in there. Yeah, it's it's really neat. And at one initially, I thought this is going to be like one big stinking den of nepotism because it it's so specialized to the comics field where everybody's going to add everybody, and then everybody will have the same list of friends and nothing will yes. get done. But if you can click on Warren Ellis and maybe send him a comment and actually be read by Warren Ellis, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> and uh, I've encountered people here that have followed me over into our forum, which is, that's great. And I'm hoping, you know, networking, that's what it's all about. And I'm, I, I meant... I met <laughs> I met David through a service like this a couple of years ago. <laughs> Not supposed to talk about that. I'm sorry. <laughs> what is the uh, What is the website for Comic Space? Uh, ComicSpace.com. Yes. Thank you, Chris. There you go. Hey, right. I'm and I'm I'm in I'm in the middle of signing up myself. All right. I, I need I need. I want to be your friend. I want to. I want to be a friend. Yeah. You can uh, you can uh, view our Comic Space page at ComicSpace.com slash bullpen bulletins. Vince B has his own page at ComicSpace.com slash Vince B. Um, it seems to uh, it seems to be taking off over the past couple of days. We um, I heard about it through uh, Warren Ellis's email, so I. I signed up the uh, the podcast last week and then signed up myself, and I was quite pleased today to find out that that, that Vince had um, signed himself up. Yeah, and it, it's it, it it can be a little flaky. They're they're moving um, they're moving servers because they've had a lot of traffic. So um, it, yeah, according uh, to today's front page, forty two hundred members. Nice, that ain't bad. Yeah, it, it's a just neat- in a week. <laughs> It's a neat little service. I, I almost yeah. wish they didn't call them friends when you add somebody. I wish it would be something like maybe contact or, or peer. But friend is just too much MySpace for me. But yeah. let's let's it is called comic space, so why not? But because yeah. you know, a lot of these people aren't your friends. <laughs> <laughs> they're potential oh, yeah, well, they're, that's true. They're potential <laughs> potential co hosts. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I don't, uh, no, I don't I d- care what anyone <laughs> says. Warren Ellis is my friend. Damn it! Oh yeah, that's that's right. And tell them who I'm you that on the back of a t-shirt. Tell them who you ran into this week, Jim Salakrup. Yes, holy shit! I, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I, um, and it's because of actually it's because of Comic Space and and I found out he had a MySpace page, so I contacted the man and um, 
he uh, he came to the site and he checked some things out and he says it looks really nice and he uh, I, I I got a good chuckle because he said that he did not know that Gene Colan was doing the second printing cover for Civil War Choosing Side, so now he's going to have to uh, buy a copy. And he found out about it because he read the news item that we put up on the site. And um, How awesome is that? That wow. is very awesome. And he was also quite... He said it was... It, he says, i got to admit, it's kind of cool to uh, to see that my first comic book was the second issue of the Blade Runner movie adaptation, which is the com- which is a comic book he edited back in 1982. Yep. Jeez. Circle of um, Life. There you yes. go. <laughs> so we, 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 I was chatting with Mr. Salakrup earlier this week, and we're also trying to see if we can, um, if we can uh, talk to um, actually another uh, another industry veteran. So I'm trying to um, trying to see if we can make time to talk to him as well. But yeah. the we have the comic space deal. We have the Frapper map, which you can access through our website. Were you going to uh, were you going to say something? About it? Yeah, I'm sending Warren e- Warren Ellis uh, an email through a PM through this thing and say, you know, give me ten Get minutes. Skype your chief just, Scott just, just get, we don't even need it. We can call him out through Skype. Yeah, just the end of the year. Wait, just, we can do it internationally. Yeah, just don't be drunk. Pick up the phone. Say something don't be offensive. Drunk, then he's not. Then it's not going to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, just say, hey, bullpen bullets. Drinking my Red Bull. Fuck you. And I'm I'd be happy with that. That's true. Yeah. The man's a, speak, a, speak, a legend. Speak to your little trio and, and record it and, uh, and send it on down to us. Warren um, Ellis, live from the pub. Oh, Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I was playing around with uh, Zazzle, and you can buy a coffee mug or a mouse pad or set up a T-shirt with the Bullpen Bulletin's logo on it. There's a little link called Shop Zazzle. Um, I ordered a coffee mug. Because I want one. I want a new one at work because the one I have is a couple of years old. So I'll find out soon enough if, if the quality of the merchandise is, is, is good or not. That's right. Uh, um, so I thought that uh, we would just throw that up there in case anybody wanted. Oh, actually, there's a keychain also, and the keychain has our iTunes art on it. So you can have X51 guard your keys. Cool. <laughs> Very good. The, Very good. Uh, we will be at the New York Comic Con in February. And I want to, okay, aside from the survey that Miguel wants everybody to fill out, I also want to take the time to give a huge shout-out to Mr. Chris Marshall, who is doing the 100th episode of the Collective Comics Library this week. Oh, very nice. So we are uh, we're, 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 we're in good company as far as podcasts go. Talk about a fount of knowledge. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, scary. The guy knows his stuff. He does indeed. Yep, and he likes to golf. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so you know he's a good guy. That's right. <laughs> See you out on the links. <laughs> jump on the forum. Else? Oh, hell yeah, jump on the forum. It's 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 coming alive. Jump on the forum, jump on. Well, if and and if the forum ever has a lull, you can uh, run over to uh to to the chat room that everybody seems to be loving. AKA um, the evil room. Yes, the evil room for Vince. I you, think you they summoned the a couple of demons to, last uh, night in that thing. <laughs> if if you want to avoid David, you can jump in the chat room because <laughs> I can't I can't be on there during work hours because of the firewall. So if you don't want to bother, uh, if you don't want me to bother you, go into the chat room. Yeah, yeah I haven't quite figured that one out at, at my place as well, but I'll I'll get it I'll get it working. Oh, I it's check it out sometime. Yeah, it's so much fun. You can come in there and w- tell every watch everybody tell me to shut up. It's, it's, they'll, tell you, they'll tell you to shut up and then be quiet. Michelle's talking. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> so wait, wait, no. Throw throw rose petals, you know, so that she can walk on them. That's right. 
So sounds like a fun place you have there. Oh, it's it's getting there. <laughs> but uh, jump on over. We, we'd love to have you. Yes, indeed. Yeah. What I meant by potential co-hosts on the comic space thing, I'm not talking about replacing David. I'm talking about or having... yourself. No, well, yeah, that too. <laughs> I, I'm talking about having people on with us because that's what this podcast is all about. I, I coined a term today. It's uh, the Comicdom's first open source podcast. That's how I want to look at it. It's, it's, it's made by you guys and us. We can't do this without anybody participating we need you guys so you say the word and you can be on with us and chris you know and 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 scott and everybody and jefferson and and michelle yes pat if 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 you're in the room with me make sure you've had your shots ahead of time yes that's right and we also forgot to find out if while he's going through this previews if a a can of crisco is nearby you know what i was just gonna i was just gonna say in 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 celebration of the holidays i brought out the special the the butter flavored crisco you know because you you know for holiday baking you've got to have the butter flavored crisco handy why am i getting an image of the little pillsbury doughboy getting a little too excited for his own good (laughs) and i I think on that note it's time to call this a day so or a night well thank you gentlemen and thank uh, you again come back soon guys thanks it's been a pleasure we'll see you appreciate it bye-bye Bye bye. Oh, Tannenbaum, oh, Tannenbaum, Ubin oh, Tannenbaum, 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 Is Christmas tree in German. Guten Tag.